0: There's been a couple podcasts have been coming out saying like, yeah, we just recorded the whole thing and the audio is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough thing about this. Like, you make one mistake like halfway through. Like, yeah. remember when we were doing our conversation, it just stopped.
1: Like yeah, like our first, our first recording, the, the computer just shut off, and we were it talking for like be an, an hour. Remote. What probably went into standby? Probably that sucks. It hasn't yeah. again. Well, we looked it up and it thing. was saying
0: that you pretty well on because gra- we use GarageBand for okay, yeah. everything because we've got multiple channels with the mics. Yeah, and they pretty well said it's like if you have any other applications open because GarageBand uses so much of your uh, is it your RAM, I guess. Yeah, it's, yeah. you said to just close everything because
2: it's 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 all background stuff.
0: Right. Yeah. That's, that sucks.
1: So we're recording. We're yeah, now. we're we're live. Yeah. Um, so from the dish, we're back. <laughs> back from
0: 20, into 2019 here. Yeah,
1: 2019. We're here with Dylan Thompson McKay. We'll That's let, me.
0: We'll let, uh you we'll give us a little introduction? Okay. Uh, we are, and where you're from, and what you do. Okay. We'll dive right into it. So I'm originally from a small town called Westville in
2: Pictou County. Uh, there's a few people from there that go to X for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I run a company called Elwood Pens. The gist of it is that I make handcrafted wooden pens and pencils and i make them from right now about 45 different woods from around the world so cool. oh. uh, everything from bird's eye maple and regular maple to um like redwood from uh, central and south america and padauk which is like an orange wood from a, a fruit tree in central and west africa um all these different things and I know a lot about i love wood. it yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much me but it, it kind of all started when i was i was in a wood shop class in high school and one of the projects was making um wooden pens and i'd never done the project before but everybody else in the class had taken like production 11 and that's a project in that class mm-hmm. so the instructor was like yeah you boys done this before have a good time and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, so I kind of just had to learn. Big safety Yeah, <laughs> it was not good. It was not good. <laughs> yeah, you'd, <be> good. <laughs> yeah, you'd fine. So I kind of went in and, and made this first pen. And over that summer, after I graduated, I uh, was going to be going to the NSCC for business. Mm-hmm. Uh, originally, wasn't my plan. I wanted to actually go to um, Mount Allison for geography and history, uh, double major in that. To be a uh, professor. I uh, actually had a scholarship for it where I would have gotten a full ride, which wow. would have been great. Wow! But halfway through the year, I kind of just lost interest in, in what I was doing. It was in the IB program okay, uh, or International Baccalaureate. Anybody who doesn't know what that is, it's what they call the Smart Kid program. Yeah, and, honestly. Well, <laughs> a lot of my buddies were in it and it's just yeah. like intense. It's brutal. Intense. It's brutal. Um, I didn't really think it, it was like for smart people. I kind of considered it for people that are really good at reading because mm. essentially all you do is you read the textbooks and write stuff down.
3: And I sell it that, Dev? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much all you can do. That's and my, cool. my
2: reading is not very strong, like for some for whatever reason. I I'm an audio learner, so but anyway, mm. I'm in that. End up switching out, so my final semester, grade twelve, instead of taking like four courses, I would take seven to graduate on time. Which brutal. Jeez. Um. Yeah, so then sorry. I did this shop class, and I wouldn't have, wouldn't have ended up in there unless I did that. Um, but go through that over that summer um, I meet a guy on a golf course and he's a banker from Toronto this is like two weeks near the end of August of 2014 okay and he uh, was like hey can you mark score him. I'm driving him around in his golf cart so he can drink the whole time. So were you caddying? No, I was playing with this guy. <laughs> I know, that's what I'm saying. So I'm Turned playing. Yeah I, yeah, I know. Was, I was like, I'm playing with this guy, and he's like, hey, can you drive my golf cart because I'm going to drink throughout the day? And I was like, yes, man. Because like, I've been walking. So I was like, my as well so, for a free car. Yeah, it was yeah, pretty eh? sick. It was pretty sick. But on the first hole, we didn't have a, like a pencil or anything Mark Swore with, but I happened to have this uh, pen in my bag because I was showing it to somebody like a week before and I forgot it there, and um, started marking score with it. And he offers me fifty dollars for it on the first hole, and I was like, "No, it's like not for sale." And then every hole goes by, and by the 18th hole, he offers me—I think it was like two hundred dollars or something like that for wow. the pen. And I was like, Whoa. "Okay." I'm not selling it to you, but
3: that's cool.
0: Geez, <laughs> um, yeah, I would've been like, "You got a deal." Yeah, so you got yeah phones. Yeah, well, well,
2: I, I know. I was like, "It would've been a good deal," but I at, at the time I was like, "If a person like that is interested in paying $200 for something that I like to do, yeah, what can I?" do with this information mm-hmm. so you had
1: like started making pens at that point no is this the pen you made this is in the, the only class? one i had ever made in a workshop really? class. yeah yeah wow
2: so it and it was terrible like it was not <laughs> like in comparison to what i can produce now yeah. like my skill levels like say at that time i was at like a two mm-hmm. now i'm probably at like a seven or an eight so okay. it's a problem yeah. i'm like 300 percent better yeah but um it, basically he offered me that and we got into a little discussion and i didn't sell to him so then i started at the nscc a couple of weeks later and in, in my whole life i never like understood the concept of starting a business like mm-hmm. i didn't know that was just a thing you could do yeah like everybody in my family either works in social services is a trades person or anybody that i kind of grew up around it was in that or they worked for sobeys or the pulp mill in Pitt county i had
0: the same same kind of background my yeah. parents were you know uh trades yeah. laborers or worked in a factory or something it was the same idea yeah.
2: So you just, just no concept of uh, yeah. entrep- being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So and I think that's something that's very similar for a lot of people in in Nova Scotia uh, for sure, and especially Atlantic Canada. Yeah. Uh, because there are so many,
0: like the the Irvings and the Sobeys, they pretty much own everything uh, that's around. But um, well, I, th- I think especially in like Atlantic Canada. Yeah. Exactly. Like I, I think there's a big thing with Atlantic Canada, whether it be a lack of just like general resources that, that we just don't get told right away. Yeah. Cause in Ontario, I mean, we have stuff for high school that you can get like 5,000 bucks to go run something yeah. For the summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That but exists
2: like, here too, but nobody told me about it. And before. that's the, no, yeah, that's okay. what I mean. Yeah. You know,
0: it's, it's almost like the, the, the knowledge or the, the people that have this are not doing a, a good enough job at letting don't know how the to kids know. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's right not understand. in school either. Like you
1: don't learn that. In school.
2: No. Yeah. I like, I never even heard the word entrepreneur until two weeks before I turned 18
1: that
0: so Tay and I ran yep. a uh, we ran a workshop through that NS it's a uh, NCSS it's like the uh, <coughs> innovations workshop yep. for high school students yeah and we ran how to start a business with the that's business awesome. canvas okay. for the yeah, high yeah. school kids that's so cool. and I couldn't believe how many kids had never heard of some basic you know terms yeah. you know like your like revenue right Re- they thought yeah. like revenue mm. was the same as profit yeah you know like so different. Just, yeah exactly and these are like some things that like I feel like you should know yeah. before graduating high school like yeah. some kind of basic I would say so too how what's
2: really interesting is they've kind of there's I know for sure in Truro because I went to, to school there at some point um, further in the story uh, <laughs> there's a program where they teach like arts entrepreneurship so I know a guy that I met. really yeah it really cool huh. so it was a guy that I met um, through a choir I was singing in who is a music teacher in Truro super nice dude and he had a class where the whole idea was you to make some kind of a business, but with a focus around the arts. So hmm. maybe you made, um, pens. Know, like, yeah, maybe you made, pens. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, you know, like, so I, and he asked me to, to end up like speaking in the class or something like that. I didn't yeah. end up being able to go for whatever reason, but, um, so that's a thing that exists at least in the, well, the that's a cool, that's different. It's isn't? very, yeah. very recent. I think it's less than four years for sure. It's a good wow. idea. Okay, but yeah. yeah. So I end up going to the NSCC first class that I had was like introduction to business or something like that, and they kept mm-hmm. saying this word entrepreneur over and over and over again. Like, yeah. What's an entrepreneur? Like, like what's that? And they're like, you really don't know. And I'm
0: like, no. Like, why? Like, why are you in business? Like, I don't get it. And like, I don't know either. <laughs> so, um, I think it's just such an overused word with so many like yeah. so many people have a different definition for what an um, entrepreneur is. Yeah, that, that is true. And when you yeah. haven't actually formally been told what it is, yeah, I think you just have a. A perception of what an entrepreneur is but like yeah. you don't really know yeah you know did
1: you have like no idea like it never like i literally, literally never thought about it oh, okay yeah. like
0: i since
2: like i was 14 i had decided i wanted to be a teacher because i loved to teach mm. and yeah. then i just never looked into anything else at all because i was like, oh, just gonna teach and be fine yeah and everything was going well <laughs> until grade 12 and then, you know <laughs> stuff happens but um i kind of learned about that and i was like wait a minute so i can just start a company that sells wooden pens and i was like all right i'm
0: gonna do so that was like my first week at the NSCC. So what year was that, that you got <laughs> that What the idea came through is like, we're going to, we're going to get shaken with this. I, I officially
2: started working on this in
0: September, 2014. Okay. And I officially became a company,
2: um, in June of 2016. It's so about a year and a half afterwards. It sounds
0: about right. Yeah.
2: Yep. So pretty much what I did in September, 2014 was I just learned how to make the product just really well. So, mm-hmm. um, I bought a bunch of wood and I think I took like, well, you know how some people like they'll end up spending a lot of their student loan on booze oh, pretty, yeah. pretty well. Yeah. I don't drink. So all, all that money. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, a, but, that's a big expense off spending. I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was, I was like, it's a pretty good deal. So I just took like $1,000 and bought all like $500 worth of machinery that I needed. Like yeah. uh, wood lathe and a bandsaw and a drill press and went down to my uncle Joe and I said, Joe, you got a garage? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, are you using half of it and he's like well not really and I was like can I make my pens down here and he's like alright so I did awesome. that for like a year and a half yeah which was great so I kind of would just go down on weekends um, like Fridays and Saturdays and sometimes throughout the week and just learn how to make them the intricate details and how to make them better mm-hmm. so I did that for like a year while I was at the NSCC in Stellarton and then I went to the NSCC in Truro so I went from the business administration program to international business because I wanted to know about importing and exporting, because yeah. in what I do, like, as I said, I work with so many different woods, so I wanted to know how to bring them in to the country cheaper, because um, that's kind of the big, one of the biggest expenses. Yeah. Um, and over time, I've been able to cut costs pro- probably like 200, 300% in some wow. places from it, which has been really helpful. Wow. From what you've learned through yeah, that program? From the wow. Yeah, from NCC. NSCC, which is great. Um, so then I started there and got involved with like student, uh, leadership and stuff like that with the student association and, mm-hmm. um, did stuff with that and kind of worked on, um, the business as well on weekends when I drive back to New Glasgow. So I do that like every two weeks, yeah. kind of got into doing it. And at this point I still hadn't decided on like a name or anything. And the first business plan that I made in September, 2014, um, the business was called Picto County Pens. And just because, like, might as well. Yeah, and <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah, it makes Couldn't sense. Think of anything at the time. I, I literally, I was like, well, "There's no good name for this. I don't know what to call it." And I decided not to do that because the acronym is PCP. Um, <laughs> somebody pointed that, that out to me that's after I presented the project to the class. So yeah. I was like, "Oh, that's a good point. I probably can't use that." Um, so then I started working under like the the name of what I was calling it was Goodwood, um, just as a joke. <laughs> and uh, it was it was really funny because I. We talk to people and like, oh, I make these and blah 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 and that kind of thing. So kind of got into working on different things while I was there, and then I applied to, to work at Sobey's head office for that summer, mm-hmm. and this was in I don't know April, and then they were like, yeah, but um, no job for you. Good luck. I'm like, all right, thanks. So then I was like, all right, so I'm gonna start working on my business this summer, and I applied for there's like a five thousand dollar loan you can get from. Um, cbdc i think it's called It's
0: yep. okay. like a uh no interest loan and really really good program they have a lot of features a lot of really oh, good programs crazy. for uh for people looking to get into Is business the province? Uh, yeah but you yeah. have to be in, in a rural community yes oh, that's, they have one here okay. in ankinish on you know, uh really? saint mary street right beside yeah. the uh innovation center yeah the Santa oh, really? effects innovation center there yeah oh that's cool <laughs> they then, have another one too like if you're looking to buy a business and you work currently full-time they'll yeah, pay up to like I could be a couple, a little bit off on the timeline, but it's like 40 weeks of, um, the, of the first year that's crazy. of your pay. Wow, like that, crazy. they'll pay you for the first 40 weeks to that's get, cool. if you want to buy into a business. That's crazy. So okay. um, yeah, so
2: reached out to those guys and yeah. I was like, this is something I want to do. And they're like, sure. So I get, nice. get it all approved. And as soon as I, the day I register my company, which was like June 6th, the 2016, the same day I got a call from Sobeys and they're like, hey, bud, we got a job open up. Huh. You want to come work for the summer? I'm like, you just, you just Crazy told me What you <laughs> So I, I was like, all right, sure. So then I did both um, the whole summer. So I'd work 40 hours a week at SoBe's, and then 40 to 60 hours a week on my own thing. So wow. I get up at like 7 in the morning and go to sleep at probably 11 p.m. And I would work from 6 p.m. until... 10 p.m. Monday through Friday, just making stuff in, in the barn in my mom's backyard, mm-hmm. which is where I, I ran it for like two years. And then um, on weekends, I go down to the Picton Market, which is like a craft market. Mm-hmm. Um, I do that on weekends from like 10 in the morning until 5, um, which was brutal. Yeah, so that, summer, that summer was brutal. No kidding. Um, but I mean, that's all part
0: of the process.
2: Yeah. yeah. And it was really, really good because I got really good at one just handling random guys come up to me and tell me that my products suck uh which is
0: great um <laughs> it's the best part of it is it? yeah it's
2: my favorite part because they always say the same thing and then you always have a really good response after a while oh it's so funny <laughs> but anyway i won't get into them um but i kind of did that and i think that summer i think i sold like 75 pens something like that wow. most of them were like 40 dollars items which is pretty good yeah. all things considered and then i kind of went back to the NSCC and I had one more semester um, with the International Business Program, so this is September 2016, mm-hmm. and did that, really enjoyed that, finished that off, and through that program you have to do an internship, kind of like a co-op, but uh, for three or four months instead of like a two-week or whatever, however long, um, kind of in university it's, it's different We have to actually do a whole semester, kind mm-hmm. of like that. So my internship was planning and running summer schools in the Netherlands, um yeah got some good stories from that i do yeah so um it's probably what i'll do is i'll kind of give the timeline of everything to now and then go back to that because some of them are pretty brutal um (laughs) pretty much what i did the whole time i was there was i i couldn't work on my business i couldn't like make anything so that was driving me nuts the whole time i was there so while i was there I, i set up a kickstarter to kind of Expand my product line because at the time I was making like two or three different pens and I wanted to offer like a lot more. So, like, right now I think I offer like 15 different models, something like that. Okay, so everything from like I make like a carpenter's pencil to a sketch pencil for artists, uh, like a regular ballpoint pen, um, kind of like a cross pen, like the twist, something like similar to that.
0: So, are you the only one in your company that makes everything right now? I'm the
2: only person that works for me right now. Yeah, over the summer I had five people. And do any
0: of them help with the manufacturing of of stuff, or...?
2: Over the summer, I had two people helping me do uh, basically half of the production. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, the whole gist of making a pen is you got to cut the wood, you got to drill a hole, you got to glue a tube in the hole. After you do that, you let it set, then you square both ends so that they're perfectly flush with the tube. Mm -hmm. Then after you do that, you put onto the wood lathe, and then you turn it and make it round. So everything to the wood lathe, I was having other people help me do because the actual skill-based piece is the turning process or the, using the wood lathe, because mm. it, it's basically, you're shoving a, a sharp piece of steel into a piece of wood spinning at 4,500 RPM. So if you're not good at that, it can explode in your face. And at one time that actually did happen to me and I got like a splinter in my face. It's was a bad. Time. <laughs> um, it, that's a different story. As well. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I, I'll kind of briefly get into that one, I guess. Basically, I got a splinter in my eye and then oh, I had shit. to drive in a snowstorm with a car that had no snow tires because it was in start of November. This was in 2014, <laughs> and my car was misaligned. It was a 1994 Saturn. Oh god, uh, it was brutal. Good I got it Lord. for like a thousand dollars. Um, and I get to the hospital. Like I have my hand over my eye. I haven't like looked at. It. I had to pull it out myself before I I could drive. This is terrible. It was, oh my god. I know, man. It wasn't like super long. It was like less than half an inch. But it was still really painful. No, like, believe it. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Really <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, I get there and the lady at the front desk just looks at my eye and she's like, "Oh, you're fine. I just, you're kidding? Yeah, I swear to God." And then she sent me home. Rub some dirt on it. You're fine. Buddy. I know. <laughs> you, went, you went home. Yeah, because at the time shit. it was like super. Because like I think there had just been a huge car accident because of the snowstorm. Mm. So they were like, "Yeah, you you would have to wait here for like four hours." Because this was oh, at like ten p.m. Yeah. And I was like, i well right, so just go home and back in the morning and the morning is fine so i was like whatever but (laughs) what's funny about that story is it was made of a wood called wenge or wenge which is a wood from africa yeah and if you get that like the sawdust from it on your hands it's actually supposed to give you a rash (laughs) (laughs) and it didn't do anything to me at all so i'm just i guess i'm thank god yeah like most people are allergic to it and i happen not to be so I was very fortunate. Very fortunate. Yeah. So anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> that happened. Uh, but back in, in Europe, I'm there and uh, planning a summer school. I, I planned one for called Doing Business in Europe. So pretty much all I had to do was guide students that were going to show up um, from all around the world. I think at one time I had 65 students and we oh. lived on a hotel boat, um, which was, really, really, yeah, awesome. we'll get into that later. <laughs> um but it was essentially like their dad for i don't know three weeks three and a half weeks just and, you well me and this other uh, person who was the other uh, intern and then my boss like he's pretty much just like yeah don't you got it and i'm like all right no <laughs> um but some of them were like 45 so it wasn't as bad okay so they, they yeah. kind of helped me out which was good I, there's two guys from <clears> Uganda <throat> that were both professors and they were both in their 50s and like oh, you nice. know so it was a very diverse group of people yeah. um but I was essentially their father for like a month which was interesting um and at this at that time I was 20 something like that so like some of them were older than me but like yeah um, One, because of my voice, and two, because of my appearance. Some people think I'm like 26.
1: And your demeanor.
2: Yeah, and the way that I carry myself <laughs> is like a person in his 40s. And, <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird. Sometimes I, like, I have some other stories about that. So how old are you for the cast? I'm, I'm 22. Okay. Yeah, I'm 22. So you're 22? Um, yeah. This guy even said, I was like, I thought
1: I thought you were 24 for see? some reason. See? Yeah, see? that's the thing. You just seem older than you are. I think it's, it's weird.
2: because I, it, I appear like I have my stuff together. So you are <laughs> born in 96? Ninety six, yeah. Uh, just actually, um, funny enough, there's two guys that I think they both used to go to X. Uh, one's Devin McDonald. Not um, familiar. Not familiar. And Not familiar. a guy named, uh, I'm sure somebody listening might know him. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Brandon Livingston, or Bull. Okay. Uh, grew up with both of them. Uh, one, both from hockey. And they're both born the day before and after me. Uh,
1: which is funny That's the weird three amigos I know It was
2: really weird It's funny But anyway um, So I'm in Europe Doing all that stuff And then I, I eventually I come home And my Kickstarter I was only trying to raise Like $2,500 Something like that Just kind of expand things And mm-hmm. try some different stuff Got that all together Which
1: is good So actually Got the $2,500 yeah. Kickstarter That's awesome Which is good My really? dad put a lot of money Into it though Because he, oh, yeah. he wanted A full set <laughs> he was investing he wanted in his the highest collection. the highest yeah. reward. Yeah, he yeah. well
2: basically like i I had like a set of like thirteen or fourteen different pens and he was like I want one of each of those. i was, like, All right, man. So drop like
0: a thousand dollars on it. Was, like, oh that's right, cool. cool. Wow. Nice. Yeah, and I was like, All right. So you organically raised about fifteen hundred dollars then. Yeah. So uh, how that's was your good. experience with Kickstarter? I've heard I've heard people having like a really good success kind of with it, and I've too. heard some people that get it started and get no It depends on the product. And it depends mm. on the person trying to raise the money. So, he, so did you have like a, did you have like a nice, like fancy looking, like campaign ad running through, through Kickstarter? Like, did I'm, you so one do of the any con, like kind of like in detailed content for it? Or I like, can kind of give you the full
2: rundown of that before we move on. Um, sure. Basically, what I did was two weeks or a week before I went to Europe, I kind of realized that I wanted to do that. So, in a week, I made 10 pens I had never made before, which is a whole thing in and of itself, because um, every single one is completely different in how it's made. Because yeah. um, think think about it like, um, what's a good example? Say you're making a, uh, say you're shoveling a driveway. <laughs> if you're shoveling a gravel driveway, you want to make sure you don't get the rocks come up and... And get into the stuff because after the summer's over they'll be in the grass or whatever right so that little intricate detail of knowing that I had to know all that stuff for everything that I was making yeah like to kind of give a fair comparison yep and I didn't know any of them at all because I never made them before so I kind of just was like all right let's hope for the best and made all of them so then I hit up my oldest brother and I was like hey I'm gonna be going to Europe in a week and he's like yeah yeah I know and um can you come over and help me take some mildly professional-looking pictures? Because I didn't have any, like, professional pictures. Usually what I do is I take, like, my cell phone and put them on a table and just take a photo. Okay. So he comes over, and I kind of set up, like, a really white light LED kind of bulb in the ceiling fan. And then I kind of just said that I wanted to... um, just take photos. And what I did was I took a white T-shirt um, and a cardboard box that was, like, probably half a foot big. And I just unfolded the box and set up the T-shirt so it had a white background standing up and on the bottom. Yeah. And we just took the photos. And they looked pretty decent, all things considered, because we did it all in, like, three hours. Nice. Um, actually, no, this was in, this was in January, because I was in something called... Um, the global student entrepreneur awards yeah I've, i get emails about those yeah oh it's really good uh so I, I that's a funny story too um so the day before the competition like a week before the competition they were like yeah um you're not in the competition I was like okay good. that's fine and <laughs> great yeah like, that, like <laughs> nothing bothers me anymore at this point yeah and oh, a day before they call me and they're like hey some guy dropped out he doesn't want to like, he can't make it tomorrow. Do you want to come and participate? I'm like, I mean, I guess. <laughs> I didn't ha- I literally didn't have a PowerPoint presentation, didn't have anything at all.
3: Yeah.
2: So I called up my brother and we did all these photos because I, I was making them for, for Europe. So I finished up six of them in three hours, which each one usually takes me an hour now to, to do. And f- took all the photos and I finished up at like one in the morning, go to the competition the next day. I end up... Uh, coming in second uh, out of like five people, which is great. Nice. Then there was a typo in the prizes. <clears throat> so first, second, and third place got to go to Vancouver on a free trip. Because uh, like <laughs> of a typo. Yeah, so that's it was hilarious. hilarious. So Hopefully. then I go. The and boys they, would be kicking themselves uh, I at know, that. <laughs> I know, I was. I was like, oh my God. And the guy that dropped out, he he was running like the, the weed dispensary in Halifax, like the one, I think it's on Spring Garden. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's the same guy, I'm not hundred percent. But he, he was running one. And um, he couldn't go because he couldn't find somebody to be in the store Mm -hmm. at the time to let him go participate. So I got really lucky. So then I got to meet like all these like incredible individuals that like some of like, I think I met the CEO of Hootsuite. If you're familiar with that, I got to meet some really like multimillionaire companies and and things like that. It was really, really cool. So I got to meet and plus all the other students that were from all the other regions. Like Mm -hmm. there was uh, the person that won... Her and her sister and her friend um, were making a company. I, I think it's kind of a fair comparison. Is like so you got Dollar Shave Club for, for guys yeah. and guys use that subscription subscription box and have to think about it. it comes in the mail. It was like that, but for for women. But it was like feminine hygiene products. Oh, that's cool. So whether that's tampons or whatever you want. That's a good idea. Yeah, super super smart. So yeah. they kind of rebranded it recently. I can't remember the the new brand, but it was called L Box at the time. Okay, and. So they won and they went to the national competition and they placed like top 10 out of the 56 in the world or something wow. like that. So they were super, super cool. So I got to talk to them and that was good. Um, but that was really cool. But the reason why I mentioned that is follow up to that is I'm in Europe and before all these students show up and we have all that, that fun stuff happen, um, the international competition was in Frankfurt, Germany. And I'm living in Groningen in the Netherlands, which is like a six-hour train ride, mm-hmm. so I'm like, but I'm going. <laughs> yeah, so I got to go, and I I kind of just made the investment and went. And I man, like some of the stuff that people are working on, like there's a
1: guy imagine.
2: who he was a student in the United States, and he made a business that. Um, so say you're raising pigs, and you have the the mother pig. One of the biggest expenses in that business is that the pig will actually fall over and crush the piglets. Terrible. That's the biggest one of the biggest. Is that right? Swear God! Wow. So, and it's because they're so big after the pregnancy that they can't physically get up without putting in a lot of effort. And what this guy did was he worked with a guy who does, um, he's like a sound technician for NASA, and they developed a, a kind of like a, you know, when you see a dog and it's wearing like a sweater. Yeah of like something like that but it's like a strap-on type of thing okay and it, if the pig falls over and it can hear like the piglet squealing it just makes the pig stand up it's like a light vibration be like oh this is annoying i should probably stand up and it works 100% really of the time wow so he did it in what his local the hell? i know so like there's guys like that and, and girls that are doing crazy stuff like that at this competition so I'm there and I'm like, hey guys, I make pens, like, hey. <laughs> you know, like, just trying to figure out like how to segue into that. So, um, so I was talking to this guy and he was the representative from the United States and he was in the middle of a, getting a contract with, um, I think it was like the third biggest pork producer in China and it was like a three hundred million dollar contract. And he was like twenty three at the time. Jeez. And I was like, all right, bud, you're doing good, good job yeah. um, And the guy who won probably one of the nice guys I've ever met I didn't yeah. even know he was in the competition at the time I spoke to him so I'm telling somebody about this Kickstarter campaign that I was trying to do and he's standing behind me he, he raised two million dollars on Kickstarter Wow. and I didn't know that at all at the time he's like he's from Mexico and he was uh, 17 what the hell was his product he des- <laughs> he designed a bra that detects breast cancer what the hell yeah hap How- basically it's a thermal sensor So, whenever I know, so whenever it's on like the actual breast, there's a specific blood flow pattern that can identify like a cancerous area. So, he figured that out because his mom had breast cancer two or three times. So, he was super passionate about the topic. So, he started working on it and then he did that. And it's just a super, super, super nice guy. He ended up winning the competition and getting like $50,000, which is super cool. Um, But he was mostly there for the publicity of what he was doing and everything like that. And then I think recently he's been working on one for <clears throat> um, like testicular cancer and prostate cancer for, for wow. men, which is really cool, uh, kind of a similar idea.
1: Who knew you could detect it through yeah blood flow patterns? Yeah, it's yeah just that's a,
2: insane. He was he was the youngest person. I said he was seventeen. I think he was seventeen or eighteen at the time. Yeah, wow. this Good was in me. April twenty sixteen. So he'd probably be like 20, 21. Yeah. Holy so. Weeks. So that guy was there. So he's behind me in the lunch line. So he's like, hey, I know a few things about Kickstarter, raise some money, and I, I need to tell me how much.
0: <laughs> low-key, uh, he's like, I know yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. He was just like, like,
2: he was like low-key, like the most humble, nice dude ever. And, like he cool. was wearing his
0: dad's suit. Like, you know. Really? Like, yeah, he was just a good oh, guy. that's cool. You Two know? million funded on Kickstarter, and he just the a, old I man's know. suit on rolling it into I a pitch. <laughs> so
2: he was just like, he's super cool. But anyway, I only talked to him for like two minutes, but he gave me all this great advice and that's kind of how I managed to get everything And Pretty much what he said is just hit up everybody that you know that might be interested and see Mm -hmm. if they'll support you. So then I probably had $600 come in from people that I knew personally and then a few other people online, like there's a guy from Calgary that saw the Kickstarter and bought one, which is great. But um, anyway, there, do that competition, got to meet all these interesting people, come back. Then I started at St. Mary's, and I had lined up a workshop um, to work at it, where basically I would only have to pay like $500 a month to have a full woodworking studio, which was crazy. Uh, and it was also right along the Halifax waterfront. Okay. Um, so I could be at St. Mary's, <laughs> live in residence.
1: Is that what you have now?
2: No. No. You no, know, this is the whole... This is the whole... This so is before that. Yeah. This is in September 2017. Okay. So it was right when I started at SMU. Yeah. And... So basically, like, I signed up for SMU as, like, this will make sure I'm in Halifax. Mm -hmm. And then if I get accepted to this thing, I'm not going to go to SMU. And then I'll just do this thing. And they, like, a week before class, they were like, yeah, we can't allow you to be in it because you can't actually be a company and and work out of here because it's through an arts program. And I was like, but isn't the whole point to make? art businesses from this program and they're like yeah but our rules from the government and blah 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 blah." and it's like that sucked so then i had to try and figure out where to work out of and trying to find a workshop space in halifax is brutal i would imagine um especially because of the like the sound and and all these other problems so Mm. um so that sucks. So then I was at SMU, and then what I had to do every weekend was take a uh, maritime bus because I had sold my car to pay for my plane ticket to Europe a few months before. Um, that's yeah. dedication. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. dedication yeah. right there. It was terrible. It was a, uh, it was a 2004 um, uh, Chevrolet Impala, and it was it was a beautiful machine. I miss it a lot. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, so then I take a maritime bus every single weekend back, and then January comes, and it's like... Is real cold um, at this point. So Mm -hmm. I get an order from a local business, and these pens ended up going down to uh, a master's in business program at Harvard University. That's Um, cool. It was really cool. So it was like 25. It was probably the biggest financial order I've had in a while Mm -hmm. uh, at this point, anyway. So I'm like, this is crazy, blah, blah, blah. Do this order, but it's like minus 20, minus 25 outside the whole time I'm doing this order. Um, and I had to make twenty five pens in like three days. Um, and you're in a shed. And I'm in a
0: shed. With yeah. So, like, how does how does that connection happen? Like, how does <coughs> how does Harvard so there's find a, you at a Halifax? So it wasn't Harvard. It's so basically there's a guy who
2: um, ordered them, and he goes down. He a, owns a local business in Pictou County. I won't drop his name just in case. <laughs> um, but he did a master's in business program where he was like part of one, like one of the instructors. So it's like an intensive thing for people that own a company that's worth at least a million dollars, and then they go in and they do a full MBA in a week. Oh my god. Which is insane for one. Wow. But he was like I want to give them something nice as like a a present. So he ordered this pen and also at the time I'd only ever made one of this pen. Um, Mm. So then I had to pump out 25 or 26 of them in the uh, by
0: the end of it you'd know what you're doing yeah I'm real good at making that one out yeah yeah.
2: So, uh, yeah so that was that was fun um did that order that was really great one of the pens that didn't end up going down there went to a, a Burmese princess um, really yeah which is it, he told me like six months afterwards so I saw him in the airport oh, That's crazy. and uh, actually when I was coming back from Europe I saw him and huh. in the airport, which is hilarious. That's weird. And he told me that, which is cool. But anyway, um, he did that, uh, did that order. It was good. So a few other things in between. So let's jump to, let's say, January of 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is right after I, I do this uh, order and, and everything like that. So then, uh, actually, no, excuse me. November before this, so November twenty seventeen. Okay. Um, I went down to Boston and I went there for like the Christmas tree lighting and it was a free trip through a group at SMU. Nice. Uh, which is great. Um I got to meet the premier and I was like, Hey man, I make pens, you interested?
1: The premier out of Nova Scotia. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh Big Steve. <laughs> and um kinda just and he's literally huge, by the way, if you've never seen him in person, he's like six three, uh, he's big I, and he's like at
1: the boot camp right yeah yeah.
2: and I'm like 5'8 so I was like hey, hey man I'll <laughs> see you up there yeah. um, so I'm talking to him and um, he mentions that there's another guy that I could talk to so then I do an order with like what's called the protocol office so it's where politicians go to buy pens or other gift items mm-hmm. to take whenever they're going somewhere like internationally so small order with them and all these different things kind of line up and got to meet all these different people, and then through Smew uh, in January of that year, I met uh, the people that I'm currently renting my workspace from. Okay. So um, at the time, I wasn't trying to find my own space, I was trying to find a co working space because, like, rent's super expensive. it be way cheaper to just, you know, yeah. jump in with someone else. Exactly. Yep. But literally, every place in Halifax is full pretty well.
1: Really? Yeah. And would you be able to bring like a wood lathe into a co working space?
2: Um, if it's meant for, like, it's like a maker space. Okay. Yeah, yeah so it's yeah. a little different. Uh, I should have worded that differently. It's so like a maker space is a place literally where people <clears throat> just make stuff. That's the whole thing. That's cool. Well, it's yeah. like a little manufacturing warehouse. Yeah. Huh. Never so it's one of those of in, in Dartmouth, for sure. Wow. Yeah. But then I was just, I literally just need, I don't know, like, my shed was only, like, 80 square feet. So I really didn't need a lot of space to, yeah. to work. It was, like, super cramped, but, like, and there's yeah, no the job yeah and there was no heat so it was terrible but, uh, and there was also no lights so I had to run like a 60-foot extension cord from the front of my my mom's house out to the barn That's and amazing. I had to take like um, a flashlight that could be plugged in and I had to take a, a vice and connect the two of them onto a beam in the. it's literally a baby burn to give you an idea and put that above my lathe, so there's only light above my lathe. There's no light on my, my, no, like my saw, like nothing. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: or, worker safety hazards going. It was on. pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the only
2: reason I'm talking about it now is because I'm not there anymore. Yeah, um, so that was brutal. So I did that for two years. Um Jeez. So that was that was uh, did not have to do that anymore. It was good. Yeah. Um, so then in April, I saw like this space open up on Argyle street. Um, so currently right now I have like a retail location and a full woodworking studio above, uh, the bitter end on Argyle street. The pint is right across the street. Um, Okay. And it's right down the street from the Nova center. And it's a beautiful, beautiful space. It's got like brick walls and, um, my workshop used to be a auto mechanic shop in the 1930s. Oh really? Yeah. So what they would do is they would drive cars from Grafton street into the second floor Argyle and they would do work on the cars they would
1: actually get it into the second floor yeah
2: because Crapton Street is like the same level as second floor oh so yeah they yeah. Just drive okay. straight in. so I still have like all these oil stains of like oil burning into the floor and no yeah, way. that's really cool that its that really is cool, cool. It, it's got it, some it, history it, yeah it kind of makes you feel like stuff is meant to be made here and I was going to yeah. say
1: for
0: you that's the, yeah. the kind of atmosphere
2: you're yeah. looking
1: for right it's so totally. cool
0: and I, I
2: love brick too and the, one of the walls is brick so I was like alright we'll do this one yeah,
1: I've seen pictures it looks like a really nice it's crazy, nice right? area I was so so yeah fortunate to uh to get into it but the people that
2: i'm renting from i met the person who manages their operations like getting people into rent and everything like that mm-hmm. through a class at Smu. so um kind of reached out to them as soon as i saw the ad go up it was the ad was up for like six hours um and i sent her an email at like midnight on a friday because i don't drink or do anything so i'm always working <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I kind of just send her an email and she responded in like 30 minutes really? she was like yeah you can come in on tuesday we can have a chat and blah 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 Awesome. So then I, I signed the, the lease. And at this point, I don't have the funding together to actually be in here at all. I just was like, All right, I need to have this space. I need the space. I know. I'll figure it out. Yeah, we got to get this going. Mm-hmm. So and because at this point, like I'd kind of been flirting with the idea of like running it full time. Do I not run it full time for like pretty much two and a half years at this point? And I was like, I'm going to do it. So this was in this was like right before boot camp when I when I met. Uh, Devin down in, in at Acadia, mm-hmm. So, I was supposed to have the funding approved by the end of April. I didn't have the funding approved until a week after my lease started. <laughs> Ooh. So, yeah. <laughs> <Not> tight? <laughs> it was brutal. So, what I did... That's a w- scary week. It, yeah, the whole three months was pretty brutal. Be no kidding. Yeah, April, May, and June was not fun. Yeah. Um, so, I got it approved. Got It was like over $40,000. I got approved. And kind of have been working with that since uh, June so get in the workspace uh, renovate the area uh, make it into a little retail location an office space uh, hire my brother um, and uh, one person to do graphic design one person to do sales and accounting one person to do uh, building my website um, and another guy to help me with production and my brother was helping with production as well. Nice. So we had this big crew of people by like the end of June something like that. And the reason why I kind of jumped in and did this is cuz I had a huge order with a um, like a jewelry store and it was like a $15,000 order that I had gotten approved. So I was like wow. no matter what I, my rent will be good for a few months. Yes so sure. it's like I'll be fine. And <clears throat> also the same week um. As soon as my funding gets approved, I'm like, good, we're good to go. So then I hire everybody. Mm-hmm. And then I'm about to start the order, and then they cancel the order. It's brutal. So, like, the last six months, has been super interesting.
3: Jeez. Um,
2: yeah. So that happened, and then I kind of had to let everybody go at the end of August because it was all, like, summer positions yeah. and everything like that. So that, was, uh, that sucked. So then I had everything else going on. I was getting ready for, like, the holiday season. And then, like out of nowhere, I just got super, super, super sick. Like I'm never sick. Like I have had burnout before, mm-hmm. and it was like burnout symptoms of just extreme fatigue, but it wasn't quite the same. I couldn't can't really describe it. I if, I think it was something to do with what I was eating. Yeah. But and like over the last few weeks, I've kind of cut specific things out of my diet, mm-hmm. and okay. I'm, I'm great right now. So, really. Uh, which is really good. And that lasted a month. It lasted, it started in the last two weeks of August. And it kind of hit peak at the end of September. And then it lasted from the start of October through a week before Christmas. Holy. Like two and a half months. Crap. So I was only able to stand for like an hour a day for three weeks in November. That's tough. It was brutal. That's tough. So in like November, December... I have, I have enough pens set up right now that I had like basically half finished over the summer. Mm-hmm. I probably have upwards of like 300, 400 pens. I was, was going to say, because like
0: with you being the only person doing production, yeah. an hour a day would just about... It's a lot. we not getting much done, really.
2: And I wasn't even at work. Like I pretty much had to just close the whole thing for like three months. So I, like I still have, I think I have like last night. So like to give you full context, like this week, uh, what's the date today? Like the 11th of January? 11th, yeah so this week is the first full week i've been back working since september wow, wow. Yeah. okay
1: like so so you're working full-time now
2: yeah but i'm still at SMU.
1: yeah
2: and, but i'm only doing three courses so like that was like really weird for me because like i'm always working so like i'm just sitting there i like what do i do yeah so basically i caught up on every single tv show that anybody's ever <laughs> Any watched sick person does right yeah right yeah. so i was like all right we'll do that so i did that and i'm good now and I, I even have i think i have like last night i went through 20 voicemails on my cell phone i think i still have 45 left Jeez. to listen to like just from people calling me like i was so sick i couldn't even like speak sometimes really it cool. was terrible um so then i had that going on and I think on my, my desk phone at my office, I think I have another thirty voicemails, and I think I have hundred and sixty missed calls. Like just like, and I feel so bad about it because it's people trying to order Christmas presents, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's like, a I bad time to miss. <laughs> yeah. Like it's the worst time possible for me. So I think I probably lost like I don't know 600, 700 pen orders. Something wow. Like that. Yeah, because like I went through my emails last night, and there was one person that wanted to do an order for one hundred and twenty five
0: uh Pens? Tens, and each one of them would have been eighty dollars wow i was actually uh, that's what i wanted to kind of get into a little bit yeah. kind of like the logistics of things like yeah so so that's pretty much like everything that's happened up till now anyway so whatever you want to talk about so now. i mean yeah, recap yeah yeah so now the listeners know <laughs> yeah this is every this is me and everything's everything on. i've done got,
2: pretty much been doing
0: so yeah. right now you have you have a storefront <clears> <throat> on in halifax correct that you also correct. make everything out of correct so you you hold all your inventory in there. Yep. How much like how much inventory at a time would you guys, or I um, guess like in shop, how much how many caught like goods finished ready for right, sale?
2: Right now, I probably have twenty,
0: twenty three, something like that. Twenty three pens ready to that. be moved out of the shop. Yeah. And then in like your working progress accounts, how much would you have sitting in inventory in there? Um, I'm going to guess at least 200. Okay. So you kind of keep yeah. like some on deck ready to just yeah. last finishing touches. Though. Pretty much everything that's
2: on deck right now is stuff that I had hoped to have finished by the end of October for November, December. Right. But, and, you know. but because of everything, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but um, generally speaking, what I try to do is say I'm making a bunch of the exact same pen. So say like one of my most popular pens is um, like a slim line. So everybody else can't see, but it kind of looks like that. That's, okay. a pen, that's a pencil. And you can see all the stuff, yeah, okay. stuff on my Instagram. Yeah. You uh, can see all the stuff on my Instagram at L wood Pens. It's insane that you make these. <laughs> like, <laughs> they, this is a really nice pen. Thank you. Know. They are nice. Um, so pretty much what I do is I buy all the metal pieces separate. Okay. And I do all the woodworking. So that one's made of bocote, uh, which comes from Central America and Mexico. And it's one of my favorite woods to work with. Because um, essentially when you're working with wood, um, so you're working with like a maple maple is one of the easiest woods to work with strictly because it's so consistent in it's density. So say you're cutting it. It's very rare to have a problem where it just jumps through the saw. Hmm. So you're less likely to hurt yourself. So, like, so you've probably heard about people like cutting their hands on saws and right. things like that. So I work with a lot of birdseye maple that's grown locally in Nova Scotia. And that's one of my biggest sellers, um, just because of like the, the tourist area and people like stuff that's made here and it's from yeah. here too yeah. oh um, yeah absolutely and like even like um just today I, d- I think i dropped dropped off like eight pens to to saint of um mm-hmm. at the gift shop there and they're gonna be i think they had two in before christmas and i think both of them already sold nice. uh, which is good so you're gonna get them engraved at, like saint francis xavier university and you know, that's cool so like kind of what like there. what's what's
0: your price range on some of these pens because i mean it must not be it's cheap for you to make right like i mean it's uh so like a, a range like you were saying you could have sold a handful of them for like eighty dollars. It's like yeah. that's a wholesale cost or is that like that one was a corporate order? So okay, it, so yeah, a little bit. So it's a little different. So discounted basic, on volume. Yeah, yeah. So wholesale, at what
2: I usually do is try to sell them at sixty percent of retail. Okay, yeah, and that's, I'm super. That's generally I'm, about where
0: you're sitting anyway
2: on exactly. a wholesale order. Sixty percent. Yeah. So I I try to be as open with my numbers and stuff like that as well because um a lot of people don't understand the value i guess of what i'm selling sometimes because like some people are like oh it's just a pen bud. And i'm like yeah i know but like it's made of wood butt. It's, pretty- <laughs> it's handcrafted. But yeah it's wow. a bit different <laughs> yeah and each one takes like an hour so the way i describe it is like i'm selling
0: you an hour of my life yeah every pen you'd say roughly costs about an hour yeah and like how if, if i mean if you're okay with yep. it, how much would it cost what are your costs of goods on a
2: um like
0: so on let's just say a ballpark on an average okay so we'll use the the
2: slimline pen as the example because it's probably Rob's my popular. most popular okay right? just because of the size because it's only like uh it's probably the same size as like a Bic pen kind of yes. guess okay. if that makes sense so those ones i retail for 50 um sometimes i wholesale them for 30 or 35 depending on the place um and the actual cost of material like the actual pieces, when I first started, uh, were about $20 or $25 for the material, just because of I wasn't able to source them directly from who manufactured them. Mm. Yeah, and I'm sure that your, your volumes weren't as big as they exactly. are yeah. now. So now i got gotten it down to cost of materials like $5.
0: Holy, you've really yeah. shaved down <laughs> some <laughs> that, yeah. pricing on that. It's been pretty much all I've been focusing my time on before I moved into this space. And so for people that... Are in a similar field with cre- like creating their own product and selling yeah. do you when you're thinking of like your cost of goods sold like that the five dollars on material yeah do you value your time in that in the price um, I do but so, It's a bit different for me too. so when you're looking at a pen yeah. on on a form of like this is the cost of goods sold it cost me five dollars materials and then whatever time yeah. do you so like is there a general number that you would say is uh, is something that you kind of like it's hard to explain so thumb that in it's almost impossible for me to have a consistent
2: cost of goods for every pen because every piece of wood is different Mm -hmm. um the cost of each wood is different but what i generally say is the average cost of goods for a slimline pen is about 15. so i guess the question including
0: including time so okay here's let me let me maybe rephrase the question okay so in in uh, the food space yes they say labor should be 30 percent of your cost of the food that you're making gotcha so with a pen I understand like you're, you're gonna have variable costs things are gonna change depending on the wood and the materials that you're using is there a a number for people maybe listening that you'd say like when you're putting a value on your labor that you're going to put into the product yeah is there kind of a rule of thumb that you use or yeah okay so so it took me a long time to figure this out and
2: I, I think I got it from somebody else so it's not my idea but the way i look at it is you take your cost of material and then you just add in how much time it would be to make whatever product you're making mm-hmm. yeah. no matter what the other costs around it are uh, whether it's your electricity your factoring your cost of goods or whatever yeah. all that, yeah all those stuff, fixed all expenses that will yeah, yeah we'll leave that on. aside it's different um so say you had to hire a person to make your product what would you pay that person per hour okay yeah that's how you do it that's Mm -hmm. how I do it so you almost look at it as a wage exactly so okay and the reason I do that is because it's the only way to make it consistent because as like an example like the wood for the Bocote
0: is different like I have another wood that's this one's ridiculous um that's actually i mean sorry that's actually a smart way because then if you finally get to a point where you have to scale it you can know the numbers you know Mm -hmm. exactly where it is and it's something that's consistent it's not like you're just like oh it's 30 percent of our goods because that number can change
2: and that's probably the only reason why they approved me for over 40 grand for a wooden pen company (laughs)
0: like as
2: as a concept that's ridiculous like i'm well aware like most people if you say like hey i'm going to start a pen company in 2019 most people are like it's probably not a good call yeah but
0: do you do any e-commerce sales
1: yeah
2: i have a, a website through i built it through shopify that uh, guy that built it for to do it it's the best yeah um i have it down right now because I was, I was getting orders while i was sick and i'd have to refund them because i wasn't making anything that's a pain yeah so it's pretty pissed off um but i have it down right now and i think it'll be back up by the end of january once i
0: figure some stuff out but awesome um yeah shopify right. is a great tool it's so good it's so good and like the financial uh, i guess resources it gives you with all the, the analysis and everything it's awesome we use it for uh both of my businesses now we even use it on the pos side in the, sh- oh, in really? the, in the store oh yeah now. i do
2: that too for stock yeah it's so good because basically anybody who doesn't know you can like through shopify you can set it up so you can get an order even if you don't have stock which is what i do because uh, what i usually like to do is order by order basis because it's sometimes people want uh, in order, that's say, I'm, like my slim pen that I mentioned. Sometimes people want them slightly thicker, okay, because they have bigger hands or something like that. Like I have very small hands, which is why I make pens because it's very intricate work. Mm-hmm. Um, but some people like. I met one guy who was like six eight, <laughs> and he so, had like a size fifteen boot. Jeez. I know, and I met him when I worked at Work Warehouse. Hands like feet, eh? Yeah, <laughs> like literally, his hand was twice the size of mine. He's like. Do you, uh, do you make bigger pens? And this was before I was into doing anything else. And I, he came into my store over the, in like June, and he was like, "I was like, Bud, got it right here. So take out this other pen. It's like four or five times the size." And <laughs> he loved it, and now he uses it every day. I think he's an accountant. That's great. He's six eight. It'd That's probably nice. be hard
1: to find a pen that big otherwise. Yeah, Because hey? yeah. yeah.
2: because I can make them so um, specialized. Yeah, which is good. But but yeah, um, through through Shopify, you can kind of set how many. Are there and you can connect it uh, through drop shipping to like say you have a product product that you don't want to have in store you can have something from like Amazon
0: yeah that's uh, that's actually what we do so one of the products that we make we actually don't even host it here in Nova Scotia it sits in awareness in Toronto That's awesome. and uh, they're integrated right in with our back end so every time an order goes through it just goes to the fulfillment center that's awesome they take it off the shelf they put all our packaging our branding together and they put it out and it looks like it comes from us that's so cool going from the fulfillment center so so do you have to pay them pre-order? Yeah. So what we do is uh, you hold. It's almost like a. It's like you're leasing out like shelving space in their warehouse. Yeah. So we pay like a flat rate every month, depending on how many units we have on shelves, gotcha. and then they pretty well charge us, like a packing variable cost. So okay. if we do anywhere from like six or seven units, it's X amount. If we do one single unit, it's X amount, right. and then we provide all of our packaging. Because okay. it's all of our branding, right? Oh, so. On it yeah so i mean and what's the brand as well uh it's called lion athletics Mine. so uh, that's on your hat right yeah that's actually what we're wearing yeah, yeah. Cool. so uh yeah that's a uh, shopify has some really interesting tools and yeah. i love how open-ended it is if you kind of have a little bit of coding background because uh one of the guys like i work with um mm. he's right into that stuff so he's got us all kind of like he's doing he's, it all yeah he's, he's got a dream yeah exactly that's so good I, I hired a guy similar background but he also is uh
2: really really good at photography so mm-hmm. i got super lucky yeah because cool. taking photos of pens is like brutal anyway because they're so small yeah so he took all the photos uh that are on my website
0: and he built the website that's yeah nice. that's so cool. i was i was so like, I was, cool like I was like you're that's great let's go pretty well yeah, Jordan, yeah. Eh? yeah yeah and he's a full-blown graphic designer and uh really does brand management too so, so good, no? he kind of handles like the the communications of everything and I handle logistics and numbers and That's a good guy to work with the business side. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really uh, it's good a relationship. Good team between the two of us. So That's awesome, man. but yeah, Shopify I, I love it, I talk about it all the time. And like especially like in store, being able to have mm-hmm. so much information with customers coming in and out, seeing when like your busy times are yeah. you know in the shop. So I find it a huge asset. It's pretty it's pretty cool. So. I,
2: I've i only like recently Discovered it like I had a website built, um, December 2017, something like that. Um, before I kind of moved to this new location and it was not great. Um, like it was because I, my my photos that I took pre Europe that we did in like six hours or whatever. Yeah, those were the ones on the site, so it didn't look very professional. Was it
0: like some Squarespace or like it was uh, like some no name? <laughs> no, it was it
2: was like a knockoff of Wix. So <laughs> okay, it was. It was not something I was happy with, but like I loved the guy that built it, so I kept it up for a little while until I got mm, a new site. Right. He's um, just the best dude. But um,
0: so, do you also use like in store? <coughs> excuse yeah. me. Like in your retail location, yeah. when someone comes in, I want to buy this pen. Yeah. Like the POS system you're yeah. using is that also Shopify?
2: Or so, like, how,
0: like how do you kind of manage your in store? So I guess there's two answers.
2: Um, three, three pieces to this. One, my store is only open right now on Thursday afternoons because of my schedule and because it's just me. So that's the first piece. second piece is I have a mobile debit and credit machine that I take with me when I go to events and stuff. So that's in my store as well. Is
0: it like square or is it... It's uh,
2: like, um, you know when you go to uh, a restaurant and the waiter comes up and they're like, hey bud, pay your bill and they hand you the thing. Okay, it's one of those. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. full on debit. Full machine. full debit machine. Nice. Yeah, it's very expensive. Don't do it. <laughs> it we 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 just have like a hardwired debit machine at oh, our God. shop. Yeah. I, I like this one because I can literally take it anywhere in Canada and it works because it's built in with a SIM card like from a cell phone. Is right. it really? Yeah. It's crazy. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I have one that was wired, but if I couldn't figure out a way to set it up um, cuz like the my retail space was a massage studio before I went in. So I basically just ripped out one All the wall. walls, yeah. I ripped out one wall and I kept one area closed off. So I have like an office Mm-mm. um which is great. And then I had most of the people that were doing office work in there over the summer. And then on the other side is the retail counter. And then I had two other desks where me and my brother were working over the summer. Okay. So it was good. But um through Shopify there's a POS app, like for sale app. That's what we use, yeah. yeah. That's the way uh the best way I think to to manage any kind of company right now. Um, from what I've seen. I probably researched probably 45, 50 hours into it, and there's nothing even
0: comparable. And the, the price you're paying for what you're it's getting crazy. is insane. Like, And they just are,
2: recently made it so it's free to use the app. Over the summer, they changed it. Yeah. So it was cool. I was
0: like, hey. Is, is it, it really? really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Free to Shopify? It used to be $40 <laughs> extra to use the app, but now they put it directly uh, into They the just thing. recently made it almost like a plug-in. Yeah. So really? like, if you have a... That's one thing, like because t- our two businesses like Showtime and Lion aren't connected um, yeah. on any back-end means aside mm-hmm. from our like consolidated books yeah. mm-hmm. um, so like we use at Showtime we use Shopify's POS platform in yeah. back office and yeah. then with Lion we use their e-commerce and you know e-commerce back office right okay. so we actually use like the full scale of everything that's so Shopify great. everywhere yeah. but I find the app is incredible if you have like an iPad or something it's crazy I can even pull it up on my phone like that's we've, been, we've been even thinking about doing deliveries because like um yeah. people like you or you who we say hey we have an order throw a message out in a, a chat hey who wants to make a couple bucks on a delivery Down. Hmm. if you have it on your phone you sign in our back our POS office you can go and make a transaction right there. We plug your credit card right on the spot and charge it on the That's on the go. Crazy. That's crazy. And it's, you know, it's a free app to use. And yeah. like to Jeez. use all the back end services is like $9 a month.
1: Yeah, they're killing it.
0: They are absolutely killing it. And yeah. I met the guy that, uh, I think I met the guy. Ottawa,
1: right? A yeah. Canadian
2: company. Um, I can't remember. No, it was a woman that worked at Shopify. I was in like one of the founding team. And she was kind of explaining to me why Shopify was so good. And at the time, I knew nothing about it. And I was Mm -hmm. like, why have I never heard of this? And she's like, oh, well, how many people, you know, that run businesses? And I'm like, I don't know, probably like 150 at this point, at this point, because all those other events that I went to. And then she was like, well, do you know anybody that does e-commerce? And I'm like, well, I know one guy that did it in like 1998, but other
0: than that, (laughs) I find Shopify is almost like a... uh it's something that everyone has heard of. Yeah, but nobody knows what it is. No one really knows what yeah. it is unless you're Into using it 10%. and doing it. Like Jordan, he's sort of like my guy, my, yeah. my business partner. Um, he is heavily in with Shopify. Like yeah. he did their, I guess. I, they I have like a course. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to say an internship because he'd probably hit me. But it's <laughs> something he did with them and he kind of got all the ins and outs. and like about They have like the an company. online course. Well, he went theater. right to office. Oh, he actually went there? Yeah, because he's in Toronto. So, oh, that makes sense. So, yeah, yeah, he actually went into the Ottawa hmm. office and got to see everything That's and learn so cool. some stuff, and he said it is incredible yeah. what they're doing.
1: Why did that woman say that uh, Shopify is so good? What well, was her reason? Well, like,
0: A,
2: anything you put into it automatically goes into mobile. Hmm. And at the time I was talking to her, not everything did that. It was just Wix that did okay. that. This was, like, two years ago. Yeah. And the other one is, like... The POS app at that time had just come out or was like in development. She's like, oh, this is looking the neat little thing blah blah. blah. Mm-hmm. The other part was the um, managing the stock that you can also do from any desktop. Uh, also the pre-made system, everything, of, everything about building the website
0: is as easy as everything else. Plus, there's bonus features once you get good and like kind of understand Shopify's like, li- like language. Yeah. Cause they, they are very <clears> specific <throat> on what, how they call things and how yeah, they again. set all everything up in the back end. Mm-hmm. But like I can run the whole store, all of Showtime store right from my phone. It's insane. Like I can sit in class, I can change stock, I can change prices. I can yeah. put on promos. I can see when people are coming in the door, when they're coming out of the door. Like yeah. you can see everything. I can That's check cool. sales. I get notifications mm-hmm. if when sales go through, how yeah. does the door work? uh well we haven't set up the door we do the door on uh the basis of when someone comes in i get someone to throw like a like a product into the pos right now so that it shows that we had someone in the store and then when a sale actually goes through it can sit like a transaction right i see yeah but you can get something now that every time the door opens it almost comes up on the pad as like a person and you just click yeah it's a person it's not you going in and out of your door Hmm. It's almost like a tracker. Yeah, That's crazy. it's crazy. Really cool. Yeah, they have tons of I stuff just, like
2: I that. I love it. The only time I've ever really talked to, like I've talked to a lot of people over like I guess the last 12 months about building websites, but at the time I didn't have one when I first started because I was mostly just doing local. But I talked to one guy when I was in Frankfurt. Um, so 1998, he started an e-commerce cell phone business. Okay. In 1998. Selling cell phones? Online really and then he built it I think I don't remember how much he sold it for but he's I think it was like Vodafone he's like which is the like
1: company Vodafone yeah
2: it's like one of the large it's he basically started like, it no no he oh, sold his e-commerce v- oh, okay. which then turned into to Vodafone's on e- e-commerce Wow, so he crazy. sold that to, uh, it might have not like I'm not 100% on the like Vodafone but it's like one of the biggest um, cell phone retailers or cell phone service providers wow. in the UK Huh. And I think he sold it for like a hundred million dollars. And he was investing in the company from Canada that that won. So I was asking him for a lot of advice,
0: of course. Uh, and he was a really nice dude. But yeah, stuff f- like that. I find different. the e-commerce space it's so interesting because yeah. it's like, how do you give an e-commerce company a hundred million dollar valuation? Like, where are you? Like, how do you, you're, you're looking how do you at traffic. A... You're looking at customer acquisition. Like, there's so many interesting parts that. That isn't so in your face like a brick and mortar yeah. or like a typical company that's selling it's a product. Just so
1: scalable.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Like, how do you. Like, there's no way for us to really know how much any app is
2: worth anymore. No. Like, I, I think it's like Instagram, when that was first sold to Facebook, I think it was like 250 billion or 250 million, one of the two. It's Something like that. It was yeah. like, I thought it
1: was in the billions. I think it was in the
2: billions yeah. as well. And now it's worth almost like. 500 billion i believe i believe that like it's insane and i recently looked into like what like of companies that are in canada like what ones are the largest and walmart canada has the highest
0: valuation to get like which makes sense yeah yeah. the balance sheet would speak for itself yeah you know
2: which to me means like all of the big huge like um apps aren't technically like in Canada if that makes sense. Like they're oh, not started. Our, they're all in Silicon Valley. Our Canadian yeah.
0: market for venture and all that startup is, is minimal compared yep. to everywhere else. We have such the a states is insane for that. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean it's such well, that's a capital economy, right? Like hmm. I mean Do you know um, something called Boston Robotics or something like that? Boston Dynamics, I yeah, think they're, they're called. Yeah, yeah, they do robots.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So The robots are terrifying. I think, I, yeah. So <laughs> I went when i was in boston they have like this big building that's all the some of the biggest uh science-based um and like tech companies um in the united states Mm -hmm. and most of those ones are in boston specifically ones that relate to tech and health Hmm. and for some reason they were there yeah so we're going through this building and there's all these like people and all these like different companies and i'm walking by this one room and like you remember I, I don't know like there's a one specific video i've seen of like this robot walking and he just like jumps and then he goes up on this other part and i'm like yeah okay like that's a, it's pretty cool like that's a, a neat little robot he go, got going there so i walked by this room and it was the same room from the video and i just had like oh a, really yeah it was crazy and like the robot was in there and he was cool. just was it sitting there, around or you, just- no he was just chilling just sitting there. Yeah, I was just like, I think they were doing tests, but they were like in between, and I was like getting a tour of the building, and I was like, this is really cool. Wow. Um, so that was really really interesting. But like, there's all these different um, different things that are going on in Halifax and, and in Canada, and I think that in five to ten years, you're going to see a bigger shift um, where it's normal for there to be people that not necessarily do what i did where i was like just started at grassroots like trying to figure out how to sell pens Mm -hmm. but people that are just like getting funding for startups like there's so many people that i meet in halifax i
0: i have been saying for how long that halifax will be the next entrepreneurial boom it's crazy there's room to grow it's the the price of living out here is that much cheaper than anywhere else yeah the government is trying to encourage it Mm -hmm. and like why wouldn't you want to live in the government's
1: everywhere trying to encourage it yeah it's, Just it's every province yeah, is this province funding. though
0: has said multiple times in like their notes is it's like we need more of the younger entrepreneurs to kind of start getting an interest yeah. for it yeah. you know at the high school level yeah and mm-hmm. whatnot, which is probably so. why that like new course i mentioned probably popped up probably it's probably
3: great.
2: yeah i i think that's something that's very different that um something recently i guess that popped up is they have the new ocean tech place in Halifax uh, things, I can't remember what it's called but I know a guy that it's an ocean um, path no things like wave oh, okay. it's some name that relates to the ocean yeah. I don't know uh, it's really cool I'm not, gonna, I'm not trying thing. to shit on it but like, <laughs> it's, it's really really cool and there's all these companies that do stuff related to fishing or ocean tech and I know there's one guy um, him and his partners have a company that they are trying to make buoys that detect like fishing patterns and just get data on stuff in the ocean. Hmm. And they got approved for funding and they work out of this place in, in Halifax. It just recently opened, it's um, near the NSCC there. Oh, cool. So all kinds of cool stuff happening in Halifax. There's also like startup Halifax. They do events every now and then. There's Volta, hmm. Volta is like the tech place in Halifax if you wanna like
0: figure out what to do or stuff like that. Yep. Yeah, you looked into them, didn't you?
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. They're pretty interesting. There's yeah. a lot of these like incubators and accelerators kind of pop it up all over the place. It's really cool. Yeah,
1: there's so many like the amount of them is absurd. It like is they're, absurd, they're
2: everywhere. And the work I think the worst part of it is that there's people that I meet that I can clearly tell aren't entrepreneurs. They just and get they the just go in there, like, well, it's like they know how to write an application. Really, I was about to say, yeah. there's a
0: difference between an entrepreneur and a
2: startup, founder. have an idea. Yeah, yeah, I like, think there's a big difference between just an entrepreneur and a startup founder. And that's something that's some it, it might be controversial to like some people mm-hmm. but for me like somebody who starts something by just selling stuff and then builds it is somebody who's completely different from I have an idea and I got a hundred million dollar check from somebody and I'm gonna start a company I agree I couldn't agree, more. There's, I agree there's such a huge difference and I think the biggest thing is that is the commitment to the idea mm-hmm. because a lot of people I met one guy I can't remember what his business was, but he, he was in a tech company in Halifax. And I could very, very clearly tell the only reason he was doing what he was doing was because it was cool at the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... It's a thing uh, to do. Yeah, and I was like, that's good. Because, I mean, like, people wanted to talk to him and know about what he was doing. And But in three and a half, four, five years when the economy crashes, mm-hmm. these checks aren't going to be around.
0: Anymore. But it's kind of like these people, like you're talking about, those people with the idea and the cash in their pocket, it's like everyone's... like the entrepreneur is so the word and yeah. like putting that label on it. Mm-hmm. It's like, I feel like just everyone considers themselves <clears> an entrepreneur <throat> if they have an idea.
2: I don't even call myself
0: one at this point to be honest yeah. with
2: Like yeah. I literally own a company by definition, I'm an entrepreneur, but I just hate the word right now. But at the end of the day, you're a business owner. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's such a
0: big difference. And I didn't really, and I think it is a big difference. Yeah. Like there's a difference between being an entrepreneur and being an actual business owner. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, even like with like franchises, like running a franchise. I, I, oh uh, it's, yeah.
2: I know it's a whole topic, right? Like, yeah. Don't, yeah it, I don't I don't even consider about... consider that like being an entrepreneur because no. it's not your idea. Wait, no, people you're...
1: consider owning a franchise?
2: But yeah, it is Well, Technically if you the definition of an entrepreneur is somebody who owns and runs a business. Oh, That's okay. it. That's the basic framework. So I, I but it's, could it's, own a McDonald's. It's
0: transformed so much. Yeah. The word yeah. And like, and I'm a firm believer. And again, I'm sure people are going to hate on what I'm about <laughs> to say, but if you're a franchise owner, I'm sorry, but like you're following a rule book, a guideline that yeah. has already been proven to be successful. Mm-hmm. So you, like, yeah, it's tough to get a business started and I'm sure running a franchise isn't easy, but like you have not experienced the, the creation of it yeah. you know yeah. what i mean and it's, i think but it's
2: i think the biggest thing that i find is different is because it's not i okay a franchise owner is somebody who runs businesses really well so they're a business manager yeah. that owns the company and mm-hmm. i think that's the distinction
1: they're good at management
2: exactly yeah. but an entrepreneur is somebody who's willing to take
0: such a risk yeah. that they don't know will work the risk is what the happens. key part yeah. yeah, and that's what I mean with like the already established. Like we yeah. we know it's gonna work. Not really we yeah. know Boston Pizza's gonna work. It's been 100%. proven. No we well, know McDonald's. I don't know if
2: that's work. true. So there was a Boston Pizza that started at the mall in New Glasgow, and it's already closed. Well, my example. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was I'm, 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 I'm just doing that too. But like I think that it's so the much general less. 100 agree with you. Yeah, I, I think that it's so much less risk, and that's mm-hmm. the big distinction. But at the same time, like. I'm pretty sure I'm the only wooden pen store in Canada.
1: You know I couldn't name me? one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. exactly. You could definitely going on a whim and say that. Yeah. for sure. exactly.
2: <laughs> I think there's probably only three or four websites in Canada that sell pens, and only two that make them themselves. Hmm. And there's a few people on Etsy, uh, which is like a handcrafted yeah, yeah. website. Yeah. They they sell pens that are made
0: in Canada. Have you ever thought about uh... doing Etsy? Yeah, it's going to be my next project. And I, the next I was going to say, that would be a great avenue for I you to What about into.
1: Pinterest? I could see Pinterest yeah. being... That a... would
0: be more of a marketing platform you could use. It'd be more marketing. Sure. Can you sell off Pinterest at all? You can. You could do more like
1: direction. You can so actually, link, them, you can to link your... them
0: directly to your Shopify store. Yeah. I didn't know okay. that until like six months ago. With
1: Pinterest? Yeah. Pinterest too, I'm guessing.
0: Pinterest is the only... Like, I mean, something that we chat about with Pinterest is like there's so much content creation that needs to go into it. Yeah. Because like it's... Pinterest is a visual mm, yeah. experience, right? So you're mean. spending a lot of cash on just getting... A lot of content. A lot of content. And that's something that we've really run into. Like, we were posting when we got started, like, five, six days a week yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. Like, it costs a lot of money to create and a lot of time to keep, the, like, the content consistent, <clears throat> right? Yeah. yeah. And especially when you're not the one shooting. So it, that's, the, that's another big thing. Like, people don't realize how much money you're going to spend on just kind of getting to create something that people are willing to spend time to look at 100%. and interact with yeah. yeah and that's where i think there's a big distinction of trying to get people engaged is like you need get to give yards. them something that they want to interact with and they're yeah. like oh let's go check out what's on their page today yeah, yeah. like yeah. i i actually haven't
2: posted anything on elwood pens i think i checked last night like since september the
1: third really yeah on the website or the instagram
2: uh on my facebook Okay. Yeah. And so I, Facebook is a big one for me because a lot of the my sales are, are moms.
1: Mm, okay. Because
2: um, it's a lot of gift-giving. Yeah. Which is great because I love talking to moms. Because um, they're usually big always... they Yeah. yeah I, love, I love moms. I love moms. They're great. They come up to me and they're like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I know so-and-so. So-and-so told me blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, I know so-and-so. Yeah. Like I'm always going into that conversation because I've had the same one 3,000 times. Absolutely. And I just love it. And it's always like... It's always great when somebody from high school that i knew like their mom will come up to me at a farmer's market and is like oh so-and-so said you were making pens figured i'd come and get him one for christmas yeah i'm like oh that's great i'm like cool that's cool stuff like that but i'm trying to get more into selling like <laughs> like to give you an example uh there's a company called mont blanc and yep. they're probably like the most high-end uh pen company in the world mm-hmm. so they sometimes sell pens for like a thousand dollars up to like fifteen dollars. it's an insane yeah.
3: Holy.
2: so essentially what i'm trying to do is be that for
0: wooden pens because there mm-hmm. isn't one right now there's yeah. no like
2: it's such a specific thing that and, nobody and,
0: and that's the model you want to run so are you going to try to run with like a higher price point with less volume is that kind that's of pretty the... much
2: what i've been doing really yeah.
0: uh so like my 50 dollar pen most of my competitors sell them
2: for 25 okay okay but it's also because they work out of their garage it's so a luxury mm-hmm. good though that you're creating 100%. and most of them sell them at farmer's markets and stuff like that
0: that's insane yeah so,
2: so you're trying to create a luxury brand with elwood kind of what i'm well to put it very frankly between now and like 20 years from now i'm trying to build the largest company to ever come from
1: atlanta canada i like i remember you telling me that and i yeah. love that that's my love goal. that
2: goal uh, and it's not because, like, I want to be, like, rich. Like, I literally don't care at all. Yeah. Um, like, at one point in 2018, I was eating a one meal every two days. Cause, cause, yeah, I, uh, and I, I don't recommend that. I, <laughs> I, I honestly believe that, though. Yeah.
0: Like, it was brutal. the startup phases are, people don't realize how, like, tight for cash yeah.
2: you it's are intense. in the first. And time. Yeah. It's, time is crazy. Yeah. I, but for me, like, uh, I'm going to be getting into trying to do clothing, um, the next few months as well oh cool uh i there's one logo like if you go on my instagram it's literally in my face um but and it was not my decision but my artist who was working with me I was like can you make like a circle logo of some kind so we can like have that for the instagram thing yeah and then she's like i don't know can we just take a photo of you and i can like sketch it and i'm like i guess That'd be like dope so it looks really good so i have it up in the window so like sometimes i'll walk out this is really funny so it's like july the second so people are, and, and I mean by July the 2nd, it's like 2 in the morning on July the 2nd. That is a dope. Um it? Yeah. If you go on at Elwood Pens, you'll see it.
3: Uh, oh, that's really cool. It's a cool yeah, logo.
2: It kind of, uh, somebody told me it looks like Trader Joe's logo, which I do- have never seen. I've never seen it either. Um, but, I, so he saw that logo. There's a guy at the pint. And I leave my workshop on uh, July 1st. I had to go pick up something. And yeah. I, was, I was out and there's two stories from the same night actually. Um, I walk past this group of people, and th- he's loaded, and he's just like, "Bud, it's Colonel Sanders." <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, "What? What do you mean?" So, he, and he points up to the window, and he's like, "You're Colonel Sanders," because he thought I was the KFC guy, because it was like a black and white <laughs> <laughs> kind of
3: logo. I was like,
2: "That's no, hilarious. You. Yeah, it was great." So immediately after that, I'm walking down Barrington Street. Uh, to meet with a group of friends, so I'm just standing on the corner, and I'm pretty much the only person sober in Halifax at this point. Because um, it's to Halifax, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's July 1st, and it's like, well, it's July 2nd at like one or two in the morning. So I'm standing on this corner waiting for somebody. It's like near, um, like there's Deseris, um, which is like an art store on Barrington Street. I'm somebody, somebody listening will know, um, and. I spoke at an event in January where I was pitching my business and I came uh, probably in second, I think. And if I had a won I would have got like twenty thousand dollars, or something like that. Nice. It would've been great. Yeah. Um but there's a person who has a business called Egg Citables. She's here at Santa Facts. Yeah, yeah, I met her. So she yeah. she won, which is great for her. Um I we'll not get into that. Uh I because like I was I was very upset that I didn't win, but I was like, All right, I didn't win. I'm upset for you. It happens. Yeah. But um and she's running it now and she's doing pretty well from from what I can see on, on Instagram I try to keep up as much I think she's camera. in what 16 stores now is she? yeah, yeah I no, thought I saw which is so cool like yeah good sure sure for sure her. her so um, I'm standing on this corner and there's this guy and he's like on the other corner he's just like staring at me and at this point I'm like I'm by myself on a corner July 1st night in Halifax like, probably not a good call anyway but he's just standing on the other corner and he's like Elwood? and I'm like yeah so he comes over he's like i saw you speak a, at 100 seeds back in january oh cool love what you said voted for you it's very sad you didn't win i was like me too <laughs> and then we get into this little conversation and um him and like seven guys all come up and they're just talking to me and they're talking to me and they're like yeah man like do you happen to have like a business card on you and i'm like why like do you want like my business card so you can buy something and um he's like no um we're trying to roll a joint, and we need a piece of paper. And I, I know you kind of have your stuff together, so I figured you might have a business card. On. <laughs> I swear to God, like stuff like that happens to me all the time. That's hilarious. It's that's awesome. It's really funny. So then I was like, Nah, man. Like, and it was literally like the only time, in like the last like three years, I didn't have a business card on me. That's and I know, funny. so I was like, All right, man. So then he goes on his <laughs> way. And he goes up to the dome, and he has has his night, and he has a good time. Yeah. So then blah blah blah. Night finishes. And that's pretty much the end of that one. But
0: like. Stuff like that happens from, yeah. from time to time to me.
2: It makes no sense.
0: That's the fun part, though, of being, you know, a business owner, and yeah. you know, when you get to do those talks, when people actually like connect with what you're saying, and yeah. you know, and especially when you run into them outside. I didn't even get industry. into what my brand's about, did I?
1: No, you haven't talked about. Wow, that Wow, that's
0: dumb. Yeah,
2: because um, that's the big, the most important part. Yeah. How long are we into this already? An hour twenty. Wow. Uh, usually, that's like the third thing I say. By the
3: way, I'm out of practice. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm, been a while. Really sick.
2: Um, basically, my brand, like Elwood, comes from my my dad's dad, so my grandfather, mm-hmm. and he was like uh, a master machinist. So he would make stuff out of metal. He did all kinds of different things. Like he helped make an engine that went into something called the Avro Arrow. The Avro Arrow was the first jet plane in the world that ever went to Mach two, so past the sound barrier. So he helped make part of the engine of that plane. And basically what they did was they're trying to make it in Ontario. They were having all these British engineers trying to make it. And they didn't know how to work with steel well enough to make it happen. Because at those times, they didn't have CNC machines or things that were like machine done. It had to all be done by hand. Wow. wow. So then they came to Halifax. And there's maritime steel in Halifax, maritime steel in Pictou County. So maritime steel in Halifax was trying to, to make it out of like uh, air base, I think Shearwater uh, in Halifax. And mm-hmm. they were bringing people in. and They couldn't do it so this is like three years into them trying to develop this thing but the funding is about to be cut by the government this is also back in like the 50s yeah um so then they call up picto county uh, maritime steel and they're like so do you have any like good machinists you can send down to help us try and do this thing we only have like a month or two to try and make this happen yeah and my grandfather apparently was talking to them like people at uh that were developing it and helping them actually design it so like can you bring elwood down to help us make this thing so they bring him down and they make the engine perfectly in like a week. <laughs> it was wow. insane. So him and like I think it was like six or seven guys from picto County that wow. were pro- like really really professional machinists. Yeah, um, they were like really talented and they they made it and it was fine. So then like a week after that, the funding got cut and they never got to use the engine.
3: Shit, it yeah. never got used.
2: Yeah, I think it's called I think it's called the Iroquois engine. Um, mm. I, I don't know much about it. It's pretty much all I know. <clears throat> But, like, I found that really, really interesting. and That I didn't, is cool. Yeah, I didn't really know much about him until after he had passed away. Mm-hmm. So, this was, like, when I was, like, 14, he passed. Um, so, when I was, like, 17, 18, I kind of got to kind of reconnect with that part of my family. Mm-hmm. So, my mom and my dad have been separated since I was, like, six months old. But they have been divorced since I was two and back and forth there. And yeah. then my dad moved to Labrador when I was in... I don't know the sixth grade something like that mm-hmm. so like but pretty much since then my connection with that part of my family hasn't been as strong yeah so I didn't get to know my grandfather when I could finally like actually know who he was as a guy mm-hmm. so then I kind of started to hear some stories about him and, and learn a bit more and um, as well besides being such a talented machinist he was also involved with um, Alcoholics Anonymous for over 25 years so and like pre this i already didn't drink and had no interest in it mm-hmm. but then after i heard about that i was like wow i didn't i didn't even know and he was involved with it for i think he was sober for over like 25 years something like that wow. she, like crazy crazy and what he would do is he would some sometimes people would come and visit him in his house way out in the woods and he was kind of the guy like if you were really really struggling and nobody could get through to you he could get through to you because he'd been through anything that you can imagine wow uh, like he grew up um, he never knew who his real dad was, uh, his whole life, and he grew up pretty much close to the poverty line. His mom was put into a mental hospital when he was like ten. Really? Then he was in and out of foster care. Started working when he was like 13 14 Came a, a self-taught machinist. Went on to become, I think he was the. So you know the pulp mill in Pictou County. Yep. So he set up the machine shop there and ran it until
1: he retired really yeah what Great. a legacy yeah wow. which oh, is really see. like
2: and it's, I didn't even know yeah. right like at all and kind of really <clears> got <throat> into that story and I was like wow that's really really different that's really something that I don't hear about like why <laughs> why have I never heard about that and it's because of the, the alcoholism part and like being an alcoholic is oh. anybody talks about so and especially because if you're around that kind of a person yeah. and say they do something negative to you in any way of course you're not going to speak positively about that person and if you don't talk negatively about people, then you just don't bring them up. Mm. So I, n- I never had that part of my life at all. Wow. So then I've started to figure what could I do with this information? And that's why I decided to call it Elwood Pens because I wanted to talk about that part of his story, like positive and negative, and kind of just showcase that no matter where you come from or, or what you do or who you were in the past, you can always become something better than you were before. That's awesome. So, kind of the yeah. whole idea with my brand now is uh, my new slogan is "Write Your Own Story." Mm. So the whole idea, I yeah. I, yeah. I, somebody else gave that's it to really me well. Yeah, it does especially the write part because it's writing. Yeah, exactly. Um, I thought it was great. Yeah. Uh, somebody else gave it to me. It was a friend of mine named Ashma. I think she was at the boot camp actually. Oh yeah, she gave. Yeah, yeah she gave. Right. I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she's the best. That's so um, cool. She gave it that to me in like February last year. I was like, I'm going to use that. And yeah. She was like, all right, all right cool. So. um that kind of spurred, um, from June until the end of December of last year, I was making it so five percent of my gross sales went to different nonprofit organizations. I just
0: actually just saw that in your Instagram yeah. bio. Yeah.
2: So I'm gonna be changing it now to make it less of a focus on throwing money at problems yeah. and trying to fix them, mm-hmm. and more so bringing attention to different things that affect people if that makes sense Hmm. so sometime in the next few months i'm hoping to start it in february i'm going to be starting a a podcast as well um, called write your own story
0: awesome oh, cool
2: but If yeah. you need any help
1: with that just let us know Absolutely. we can help you get it posted I'll especially like
2: i don't know anything about i know a little neither bit of, did we okay <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: we do nothing yeah
2: okay. so I, i'm gonna be getting into doing that and the whole idea with that one is to bring on people that whether they've had like a jaded past or not it's not as important mm-hmm. what's important is that they're doing something interesting and you give them a platform to tell their story i love it so love it's it. kind of just recording I guess the lives of people Cause mm-hmm, they, yep. so a, a good example is like um, David Sobey who was one of the Sobies in Pictou County kind of made Sobies into what it is mm-hmm. if you have the opportunity to hear it straight from his mouth in an audio recording of how he built what he built yeah, that's a huge asset oh yeah so kind of what I want to do is just take interesting people whether they're in business or in the arts or anything and Mm -hmm. just give them an opportunity to do that very cool and that's kind of what it'll be and I think that's kind of going to be my my social part of of what I do cool yeah that's really cool thank you I'm 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 more excited about that and that part of what I do than I am about my product yeah like I love my product but like
0: and I think the the product will grow from yeah. oh yeah from the, that absolutely because
2: yeah. people people care about brands based on what they represent it's the More why s- yeah, yeah the yeah. why is the most important part when I first started the company like I didn't really understand like that kind of stuff but that's mm-hmm. literally what I was doing yeah so there's guys like um, Simon Kielberger or something like that he talks about. Um, you got to start with the why, the what and the how and, and all that, like the circle thing. Have you ever seen that video? It's on
0: It's a TED talk. Yeah, identity. Identity.
2: Yeah. I don't know super if I've good. seen it. Yeah. Super, super I good. haven't
0: seen it, but I've heard the, that concept of yeah. building the brand of like the why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. got to start with that. Yeah.
2: So I, I did that and I didn't know that was a thing. And I was like, "Oh, cool! I did something right. For yeah. us.
1: This is yeah. great. We're doing well." So, uh, and
0: usually, it's like when a brand is yeah. getting successful, it's because like in like you don't realize it, but you've created the why yeah. and the mm-hmm. how. And
2: the reason people support most entrepreneurs is who they are as as a person. Yeah. And usually, what I I try to be like as nice of a guy as I possibly can. I
0: know what you're trying to say. Yeah. But mm-hmm.
2: sometimes, like it gets it's like, draining. Yeah. It's it's it, it's really
0: uh, it's really draining giving your your best 100% of the time yeah and yeah. you don't realize it's like it's not something you can just turn off no, because it's brutal it's like the one or two times that you decide to kind of mentally check out at someone yeah like that's you, the time they remember that's yeah. the, that's mm-hmm. just it right um, and it's not like one time like this is
2: brutal like there was a guy he actually ordered a pen for me and I'm mailing it to him on uh next week so he still likes me before I toast. <laughs> <laughs> there's a student of mine um and to be clear, with the, what I said about the summer schools, I wasn't teaching. While well, organizing, I, I was basically organizing everything, the logistics, making sure everybody was safe. And this is uh, in Norway. Uh, this is in the Netherlands. Netherlands, yeah. Sorry. So this guy and they just did a thing, and they they were pitching to be able to present at the Philips headquarters in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. Uh, They're going to pitch to the head marketing team. And have you ever heard of like the Philips? Um, what's it called? <clears throat> it's like a new trimmer, but instead of it being like A buzz, it's a style thing. I don't know what it's called. Okay, it's really cool. Um, But while we were there, I had I actually they gave me a free one if I shaved off my beard, (laughs) and I do it. Yeah, I did. It's on my Instagram. Yeah, it's the worst. I had a weird goatee thing going on. That's hilarious. Uh, It was really funny. But anyway, so before that, talking to this guy, and he um, he came up to me, and I was just at a photocopier doing stuff. And he was like, hey, Dylan, what did you think of my presentation? Clearly, the answer is like, oh, I thought it was good. Here's some things to improve and and blah, blah, blah. No filter at this point because I'm burnt out because this is like a week before this one finishes. And all this other stuff had been going on. So I legitimately just just said straight up, I think it was the worst presentation of the day. Oh. Yeah. And straight up to his face. No remorse. Was it? yeah yeah but um and it was not because the presentation content was bad it's because Mm -hmm. this group was so dysfunctional Mm -hmm. they couldn't practice together so it was bad yeah that's why and i told him that exactly Mm -hmm. and he was like okay great and then what do you say to that yeah like there's nothing you can say to that right (laughs) like you you just get roasted to your face it's not fun time and so then i go back to the office and then i like 30 minutes later i just think something like i was just like a huge dick for (laughs) (laughs) for no reason i was like what was that and then I mentioned it to my boss and he's like, yeah, I probably don't do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I know. So, um, that, that kind of stuff happens to me from time to time. And I, I call people out sometimes too, like, cause I, I'm a very, like the three values of my company are, are quality, honesty, and integrity. Nice. So just making a great product, being honest with the person trying to buy it, not trying to con them into purchasing it mm-hmm. and yeah. having the integrity of just making sure what I do is the best
0: way possible I love hearing the the couple like words and other companies kind of like live by like, yeah. the behind them like ours is like no BS straight shooters transparent you got it and yeah. it's it's yeah I always love hearing what other companies it's like, so totally interesting through. right yeah yeah <clears throat> I, I can totally relate to that like I'm not so much where it's like I get burnt and I just kind of throw the filter off yeah. it's more so like start like dodging people. questions yeah or just people like I'll be even like, I'm bad for it here now just after being here for so long. and You know, you know somebody like, oh, I want to talk to that I guy just, right now. Like, there. it's almost kind of, I just it's so don't draining. feel like it today. Yeah. You know, like, I'll put my headphones in and, like, I'll, I always walk with headphones in now. Yeah. Like, and it's just kind of like, if I see in the distance, it's like, almost like a swerve or a dodge. Maybe I'm going that That's way right. now. It's just like, I just, I don't want to do it today. Yeah. But... Yeah, I, I always kind of hate, and after you do it, you feel so bad about yourself, because it's like... But at the time, yeah. it's like, this is probably something I should do, just in case I am brutal to the person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. That, that happens, like... I always feel yeah. bad, because it's like, these are people that are, you know, super supporting nice me, right? supporting what we do, and, yeah. you know, they're supporting us as people. A human
1: and, thing, I, like, either way, even if you don't have a business. Like, I,
0: yeah.
2: I do that, too. What's really bad for me is, like, a lot of the time, I I have just, like, a stone-cold face, and I... I'm really. Sh- I make really strong eye contact, mm-hmm. um, and just just how I am. Just I'm listening. I'm re- Yeah, I love to listen. It's my mm-hmm. one of my favorite things, and because like, mostly because I love to learn. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I'll just be like sitting somewhere, and I'll see somebody like five days after what where I was sitting, and they're like, "Yeah, I saw you, but you're like really pissed off." So I was like, "I mm-hmm. not know." not come up and say anything. And I was like, "No, it's just my face." <laughs> so I'm sorry. It's just yeah, like yeah, it's a defense tactic. Yeah. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Oh, that's funny um, but yeah uh, I probably should tell those stories from Europe um, so because the, somebody listening they're pretty decent um, okay so I kind of give a rundown on the whole time I was there because there'll be somebody listening that'll be like that's ridiculous and I'm like alright yeah it is but that's what happened so I, mo- I moved there in March 2017 and I'm in the Netherlands for, for four months mm-hmm. so during my first two weeks there I'm doing great Things are fine. Um, Everybody in the building thought I was a uh, PhD student because they put me down as that, so they all thought I was like 30 again. So that was great. So then I I became friends with everybody else in the hallway, but it was like 12 people in the hallway, something like that, but um, the three people right next to me all smoke in their rooms, Mm -hmm. and I have asthma, so any smoke that I breathe in just like i'm super sick so i was essentially just dying for two and a half months it was brutal brutal. yeah like i think at the time when i moved over i weighed like i don't know like 180 pounds something like that i think i lost like 30 pounds in like two months
1: holy yeah so you get like actually sick
2: literally sick like i literally can't breathe yeah it was brutal and it kind of all stopped after i moved into that hotel boat that i mentioned but we'll get to that yeah but um so I think one of the best stories that I have from there, the night before I'm going to, uh, Frankfurt, Germany, mm-hmm. I go into the city center and it's, it's the night before King's day, which is like their version of Canada day where they celebrate the King's birthday. It's their biggest holiday yeah. and I don't drink or anything. So I'm basically a chaperone. So I, I go and I think we're leaving at like two in the morning. There's one guy who's with me and he's um, very drunk like very very drunk like yeah. he can barely stand he's like Dylan I parked my bicycle a couple blocks away <laughs> because <Black laughs> they yeah, I know, yes. they all drive bicycles there. Right? <laughs> and it's super su- and it was super um, super super dark and he's like I don't remember exactly but it was near this corner can you go and grab it and I'm like all right cool I'd only been in there like for like two months but because I was so sick I didn't like really um, get to travel around Yep. so I go down like one street, go turn left, go down the other. It's on the corner. I see it. I take the key, unlock it, wrap the thing, take the bicycle. So I turn back around and then there's, it's like two, three in the morning. And then there's four guys all dressed in black that are all like six, three built. And I'm like, oh, dude, like, don't, not right now, (laughs) not right now. I'm literally about to go on a great trip. Don't ruin this. And I try to just walk past them and they say something to me in Dutch and I literally don't speak a word and then i'm like sorry buddy i I don't speak any dutch so he puts his hand right on my shoulder and he's like no give us your wallet and yeah so for some reason i don't know why i did this but it worked i i look up and i'm like no you can't do that to me i'm canadian (laughs)
0: <laughs> Swear to God, and they just let me go. No way. Swear to God. So yeah, he's probably this guy's probably way too nice for us to like. Yeah, I know. <laughs> feel bad. And,
2: and literally, what he did, what he said was, "I was oh, it was like Liberation Day, like a week ago. I guess we'll give you a free pass." And the reason why is because they they mean. thought it was an American tourist, so they just don't like Americans, and especially because this was like very recently after the Trump election, they had he had just been inaugurated mm. recently. Cause this is like March 2017. Yep. Yeah so so then they let me go but um what i found out later was that i was walking through the red light district of the city so like where all the prostitutes so these guys were all pimps and bouncers and they saw this american guy like me like walking around, so they're like, oh, let's just go fuck with them. Or might as well, might yeah, as well, Yeah, might as well. We're not doing anything right now. <laughs> yeah. And like, I couldn't tell if they were like joking or not, because like, clearly, if you're just letting a person go, like, maybe you were, but like, it was really, like, it was very, obviously very stressful. Uh, <laughs> I'd say so. Yeah. So, so that happened. And then like a couple weeks later, I was driving through the same area um, on my bicycle. And I stop at like near the same corner because I was waiting for somebody to catch up to me, one of the students. And I see the same four guys, but I could see their face and they're just standing in front of the same area. And they wave at me because they recognize me. (laughs) (laughs) You guys were boys. I know. I was (laughs) like, what? Oh, my God. You tried to mug me an hour ago. Yeah, I I know. So I I was waving at them and then I just kept going. I literally didn't speak to them again, but I saw them like one or two more times. They would just wave at me because they thought they thought it was funny too yeah but anyway so that was (laughs) that was brutal so from that experience I decided that I'm going to make a huge focus with my brand about being from Canada so Mm, originally my logo it was uh, my grandfather's signature Elwood which you can see online Mm -hmm. so it's a direct trace of his signature but I had a little pen at the end of it so it was like it was writing a signature but then I changed it to a Maple Leaf on the end of it. So it's kind of has a more Canadian vibe. Mm-hmm. And in the next few months, I'm going to be kind of restructuring everything. Cause right now I'm still like a sole proprietorship uh, mm-hmm. with my company. So I'm going to structure it into more a corporation. Mm-hmm. And when I do that, I'm going to try to rename it to Elwood Canada and have that in the name. Nice. So the idea with that is less so being like, Oh, clearly it's a Canadian company. It's more so like the branding of it is a lot easier internationally and exporting stuff, that's a Canadian product. is fairly easy now to Europe, especially with the new free trade agreement and, mm-hmm. and blah blah yep. blah. So kind of that that experience of almost getting mugged, decided maybe decide like, oh, clearly being from Canada is a good thing. In yeah. Europe. Let's try and do this and see what happens. And you Absolutely. can help save tourists from getting mugged. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I was thinking. Because <laughs> I was thinking, like, maybe if I can make, like, a leather jacket or something and it has, like, that Elwood signature across the back, and you got the little red maple leaf. Yeah. Like, maybe, maybe that'll help somebody not get mugged. Yeah. So that'd be great. Save at least one mugging. Yeah. I was like, that'd be really cool. Part. That'd be really cool. So that, that was a time.
0: Saving people from mugging all over. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Elwood, Canada. Get yours today. That's um, awesome. Yeah. So that one was, um, that was quite a time and i think the other i i'm pretty sure you know those stories when the guy crashed his bike into the boat that's hilarious yeah okay. yeah so this one is a bit of a strap-in and if you're not good with people getting hurt don't listen to this part turn um, your ears off turn your ears off for probably like five minutes <laughs> um so in the netherlands this first group of students that i had were overall like well behaved, but there were a few characters that would get a little too drunk because um, they're like twenty and the drinking age in the United States where they were from twenty one, so they're just like going ham. Yeah, but the next group that I had was a lot better behaved at, in comparison, I guess. Um, but there's this one guy, his name's Peter. Love the guy. Um, he's probably like six one, really lanky, glasses, um, just a good dude. You know, he's a solid guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's from the United States, and. It was close to the like a, I don't know maybe a week before the summer school finished and the program was doing business in Europe so they were just learning about how to do business there and everything like that so they go out to the bar one night and I'm chaperoning because it was like an actual event we were hosting with the summer school
3: yeah
2: and it's probably like 1 in the morning and I can tell Peter's really drunk and I see him walk outside and I'm like, I just go to check up on him so I see him climb up to the top of this like bleacher Uh, in the city center and it's probably like two stories tall so he somehow climbed up all the stairs and they're all concrete stairs so i'm like oh my god please please don't uh please don't fall and so i'm like okay i have to get peter down from there because if he gets hurt it's gonna be my fault because that's just how it works Mm -hmm. and i'm like hey peter i want you to stay at the top of those stairs i'm gonna help you down the stairs he starts walking down the stairs And he gets about probably 15 steps to the bottom, and I start to climb up the stairs. I'm like, Peter, I want you to wait there, and I'm going to grab your hand, I'm going to walk you down. And he's like, okay. So then he stays there. And then I finally get up to him, I'm like, all right, Peter, give me your hand. He lets go of the railing and gives me that hand, so he's barely holding on to it anyway. So then he just falls down the stairs sideways like a log, and he rolls down 15 stairs, and then there's a concrete garbage can at the bottom, and he just barely dodges it like like by accident by i don't mean like less than two inches and i'm like peter like are you okay and he's like yeah yeah yeah, i'm all right i'm right and i pick him up and like all right peter you just fell down a set of stairs don't move while i go get your bicycle and i'll walk you back to the hotel boat and he's like okay dylan i'm like all right so I go get his bicycle, and I come back. And then there's another girl there who happened to be from Cape Breton, because um, there's NSCC students in the group as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's more drunk than Peter. <laughs> so I'm like, which one do I <laughs> handle? Yeah, like between two evils here. Oh god. So I'm like, all right. There's another student there who seemed a lot more sober than everybody else. I'm like, all right, can you make sure Peter's okay? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I got this. So I'm like, Peter, here your bicycle keys is your bicycle the locks on it or when you meet me back at the boat in less than 20 minutes and you're going to sleep He's like, all right. so i leave peter with them and they're supposed to walk back which is why it's going to take so long and i get back to the boat It's my foot it's okay <laughs> <laughs> um i'm so i take this girl from cape breton back and we're driving the, the bicycles and she's really really drunk so i'm really making sure she doesn't crash into the canal because there's all these canals in the city yeah. And she almost hits like a foam pole. She almost hits like a, a, a safety pylon that they use to block off the streets at night so cars can't get up into downtown and stuff yeah. like that. Almost hits all of them. So we finally get her back to the boat. I help her back onto the boat, Get make sure she gets to her room. And then in the morning she told me she dropped her phone in the toilet while she was on the phone with her boyfriend immediately after she <laughs> went in, <laughs> which is besides the foot. But uh, that was pretty terrible as well. That's brutal. So then I go to sleep. And then I get woken up at, I don't know, 6 a.m. to a message from the student that had taken Peter. At the time, I'm, I'm not awake because I just got four hours of sleep. Yeah. And it just said, are you up? And I was like, I just text back, no. And <laughs> then went back to sleep because I was, I was just joking. Because like, clearly if she needed something, I would have gone. So then I get a phone call from my boss at 9 in the morning. And it's like, yeah, so apparently like Peter fell or something last night. Like, which, well, I'm thinking of the stair thing. And, like, he hit his head or something, because he, he lightly brushed his I don't know how he didn't hit his head on the stairs, by the way. He somehow didn't. And he's like, can you come to the hospital and make sure. Make <laughs> sure. escalated quickly. I know. It gets worse. It gets <laughs> oh, a lot worse. so bad. Can you come to the hospital and just make sure that Peter's okay? Because you know what happened last night. he My boss went home, like, an hour before me or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever. So what time do you want me to be there? And I'm like, he's like, I don't know, 10. I'm like, all right. So I, yeah, yeah, so I go there, and it's like 10 o'clock, and we go in, and then the other student comes out, and she's like, so, it's a lot worse than I said it was. <laughs> I didn't want you to freak you out over the phone. Basically, what happened, Peter and I, Peter wouldn't listen to me, and decided to ride his bicycle, and I was like, oh, okay, bad start. <laughs> so, he rides his bicycle down the same same path that I took the other girl, but... um. He was not as well-adjusted to riding his bicycle at the time. Well, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. So, if he gets to that same corner where, like, the, the street was blocked off, but instead of going straight, he tried to take a right turn, and because the other girl had taken a right turn, but he was like, oh, aren't we supposed to go straight in his heck So, he's kind of there, I guess. <laughs> but then he goes straight into the canal on his bicycle. Oh, my God. Like, Probably 20 kilometers an hour. And there's a yeah, h- speed wobble. Yeah. Right? And because he just went straight down a hill. So he didn't have to pedal. So it was just going. And I know. And there's a houseboat there. So there's literally boats that park in the canals and people oh, live in God. them. So the Jesus. bicycle ramps out off the street and hits the boat. And then he hits his head on the boat and falls in the canal. Oh. Yeah, the so fact then, that he didn't just die. I know. I was, like, dude. <laughs> I was like, dude, you're so lucky. But the other girl that was like taking him noticed, so she dives into the canal oh my and God. tries to pull him out. So somebody else sees her dive into the canal. <laughs> They're both sober, and they come down to the doorstep of the houseboat, and they pull them both up on the houseboat. Then they go to the hospital. He had a fractured skull. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Holy And geez. then he had, it
2: was like a 10-inch gash straight up his face, like up the top of his forehead through his hair. Good Lord. Yeah. And then he was in the hospital and he had like a concussion and like all this other stuff. And so then, that was terrible. <laughs> Holy. So that care. that happened. That's like the worst part of it. But then he's on the boat and he pretty much can't go to class for like the rest of the week. Well, no. Yeah. <laughs> Not so, working. Exactly. So, then he's in his room pretty much the whole time and so it's like the day before he's about to leave and he's still gonna go to Prague the next like after the trip is finished with his family because they had already planned it he's like I might as well go they probably have doctors there but I can lay in a hospital there yeah it'll be fine but he was up and moving like after a day so that was good but he had to stay in bed at the the houseboat or the hotel boat excuse me. so I get a phone call like midway through like the last day and they're like yeah like some like something happened to Peter's like pain medication like it's just gone so there's, like, maids that would come in and clean the rooms, and they stole his medication. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So then I had to go with his old prescription to the hospital, because he couldn't explain move. explain what the hell just yeah. happened here. So I'm arguing with this uh, Dutch um, nurse, seeing like, look, I know, like, I'm just some guy. <laughs> yeah. I know how <laughs> this, this Probably works. looks suspicious. Like, okay. I don't want them for myself. Like, here's the, the prescription, blah, blah, blah. And she wouldn't give me the prescription, of course. Yeah. So then we had to get Peter to come in an Uber.
3: And he, oh God! I know.
2: Man. So then he finally comes and blah blah blah, and they still wouldn't give it to us.
3: Oh my God!
2: So, because it was like three days apart, the same doctor that saw him the night that he crashed was working. So then we went up and saw her and we like, please, like blah, blah blah, can you help? So then she wrote a new prescription for him to get the pain medication. So then we go across to the thing, he gets the pain medication all as well, but between there. Like, that happening was an hour, literally an hour, of me arguing with somebody and them not wanting to listen to me. Yeah. And I was like, like, what can I do in this situation? Because if he got on on the plane without the pain medication or the antibiotics, like, these canals are really not clean. Yeah, the antibiotics for sure. Hundred yeah. percent. Because he could have got like all kinds of different stuff. Because it's oh, an God, open yeah. gash to his brain. In a canal.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a gash to the brain. I
2: know. Right, straight to the dome, right yeah. there. Yeah. So that um, that that was pretty crazy. Uh, thankfully, nothing like that happened in the next summer school I ran because that one <laughs> the tone the tone of it was completely different. Uh, it was God. all about the Holocaust. Okay. So like, I ended okay, up. A bit yeah, calmer. Yeah. It was, it was. It was. It was very. It was very somber. Yeah. Like we went to like a concentration camp and like Anne Frank House and, Jeez, and all that'd be, stuff. That'd be oh wow. T- yeah. It was really brutal. Eye opening though. It was really, really, really eye opening. Like, yeah. Like I knew a lot about it from reading about it, but like, like going to one of those places, You probably feel it. It was oh, like there's, I can't describe it. it yeah. It's it's like when you walk there, you're like. Even if you didn't know what it was, mm-hmm. you can just feel it. Like it's yeah. so
1: intensely. There's something to that. Yeah, yeah.
2: And it was actually we went to uh, Berg and which was actually the same place. And Frank ended up. Oh really? So because that was p- part of the the summer school. That's a camp. Yeah, yeah. And like, man, it was so so different. Like the whole and that one was like another two weeks, and that tone was so so different hmm. um, from from the other one. But yeah, those those summer schools were really really interesting i got a lot of good like even just managing experience mm. like managing like 65 nope crazy kidding. people yeah uh, absolutely which is pretty pretty fun so um which is what it's all about the experience yeah the, 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 so i got different. i got really lucky um to not have that guy die uh um, yeah i'd say yeah, so I yeah that would really have sucked <laughs> yeah <laughs> <But> <laughs> <when> it would have really <laughs> sucked <laughs> <got> them all <laughs> live on watch and, yeah. uh, <laughs> and and what's really weird um i didn't know this so For some reason, every year there's at least one student in the city, uh, Groningen, that dies by falling in the canal. Um, And the reason why is because they're so drunk and they start like peeing into the canal and they fall in the canal. And they can't get out. Oh, shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So. uh, Imagine. I know. That's a rough way to go. Yeah.
1: It's
2: terrible. But, and like that city is like 200,000 people and 150,000 are students. Like it's crazy. Oh, wow.
1: What city is that? Groningen. Um, Groningen uh groaning in groaning in yeah okay. sounds like the percentage of Anakin hashtags yeah, <laughs> yeah. pretty much yeah larger scale yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Pretty, it was pretty cool though it was like a, a really interesting like if somebody who liked to party it's the place to go like
1: but yeah yeah that for me students. it was not yeah, yeah.
2: For, for me it wasn't because i don't but like i had some other interesting experiences um there as well like i don't know this one's uh I'll tell you this one, I guess. <laughs> um, I got invited to a, a Dutch house party, and oh fuck, yeah! <laughs> and it was like group of students that I didn't really know that well. I had a couple, of, like the friends that I knew that um, they all smoked in their rooms. Yeah. They invited me to go, and I was like, I mean, might as well. Yeah. Why mm-hmm. not Dutch party? My, Dutch Check party. it out. Let's see what's cool. happening. When else am I gonna get invited to a Dutch house party? Exactly. So it's all students. We walk in. They're so baked that they don't remember most of what I'm about to describe because yeah. they were just trying to get more weed. Because <laughs> it's super legal there. A lot of drugs are legal there. And we walk in, go up to the second floor, and that's where the apartment is. And there's like one room. It's probably like, I don't know, the size of, size of a smaller bedroom. Yeah. And there's like a, another bedroom kitchen area and there's a balcony. It's mm-hmm. probably like 50 people at this party. And it's very small. Look in one room, there's like 15 people all sitting in on the floor. And they're all just like smoking pot and drinking and pretty normal stuff. Yeah. But then over in the corner, there's a two guys and they're doing cocaine. And right. I'm like, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Snowing <laughs> in the Netherlands. Snowing, might be snowing, but. <laughs> so then I go into the other room and way over in the far corner on the bed, there's literally a guy shooting up heroin. Oh, geez. And two other guys doing cocaine next to him. Then there's a whole bunch of people drinking and smoking pot out on the balcony and i'm like super straight edge so i'm just like freaking out at this point i'm like what's going on here why am i here and by the end of it i talked to this one guy who seemed the most sober and wasn't doing anything out of everybody else there and then i just i noticed that same guy who was just uh doing heroin in the corner like an hour later and he's just like passed out and i'm like i probably like oh god i should probably check on this guy are these <laughs> drugs all legal? Yeah. i don't know don't know i'm just telling you what i stopped just curious um but there was an there were two other people doing lsd next to them um this is like a pure trap yeah i know i like literally it was they're at the (laughs) bando yeah it was crazy dutch parties are nuts and i'd never been to anything like that like i've been to like house parties where people drink and smoke pot but not like hard drugs yeah yeah so i'm just walking over to this corner and I'm just I'm trying to talk to these people, but they're so out of it; they don't know what's going on with their friend. Of course not. So then I just like shake his leg a bunch, and then he wakes up, and he just looks at me, and then he just goes back to sleep. And I'm like, all right, well, at least he's not dead. I, I guess and I, don't, I get... literally don't know what to do in that situation. Yeah, yeah. So then I go up and I talk to the person that was hosting the party. And I'm like, do you know what's going on with that guy in the corner? And he's like, oh yeah, he's just you know, he had a rough
3: week. <laughs>
1: I'm like, what? de stressing. Yeah. Fixed.
2: I'm like, what are you talking about? So then we leave. And thankfully, like I, I checked up on, I met that same guy again. Like nobody died at that party, which is great. So I was like, okay. Good. There's no deaths. This yeah. Is, no this deaths is in this experience. Yeah. <laughs> just great news. Um, so, so then that happened. But as we're walking home, it's raining so hard that the, the bike paths became like streams of water and we're just getting drenched so we have an umbrella and then the umbrella like blows out of my hand <laughs> and it goes across the other side of the canal and gets stuck up in a tree oh, shit. and it, it was literally there until i left like
3: two <laughs> later
2: it never never left it's probably still there that's hilarious yeah so that um that happened as well yeah so what's what's really different about kind of my stories like that is that it's never me participating in them it's always because i'm the sober person i remember see, every detail yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it brutal man you've got other people's stories yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly yeah so so that uh that kind of stuff happened but um those kind of experiences were were really helpful for me just understanding how many different types of people yeah there are in the world and, no kidding um just taking that back to Halifax and yeah. running the company
1: there—it's been really, really helpful. That's cool for that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. so we got to wrap up pretty quick here. I've got I've got one question for you. Um, like where you you say like I've made I made like six pens that I'd never made before. Where do you learn to make those pens? I'm self-taught. So what does that look you like? you Get
0: an idea, vision of what you want one to kind of turn so out like.
2: It's it, well, kind of, but not really.
0: Um, Google. No. So when
2: I buy my stuff from suppliers, so say it's a guy or some company that's selling pen kits, like I order the metal pieces, Mm -hmm. they're predisposed to be made the way that I'm making them, if that makes sense. So they come with like an instruction booklet, all this stuff, you can buy a lot of the same stuff at Lee Valley in Halifax, they Mm -hmm. sell stuff like that.
1: Um, So like this metal is predisposed to like this size of wood kind of? Yeah, okay,
2: yeah. So basically all I had to do is make the wood the right size to fit. I see, yeah. I'm in the process right now of designing my own pen. Um, like the actual pieces for it? Yeah, yeah, all the metal stuff, because that's the biggest cost right now, mm. is ordering in all these different ple- Like, some of them come in from Taiwan, and mm-hmm. some over, of the other ones. All over the place. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. It gets to be a lot to manage, so my thought process is if I have all original products, yeah, one, it's more unique, so I can make the prices different, mm-hmm. because all the stuff that I sell, at, like, there's other pen makers that make the same stuff somewhere in North America. Yeah. But what's different is either the brand or the way that it's made or it's made by me or, or different things like that, or even just the woods that I work with. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of um,
1: a big thing that I do as well. Yeah, so you're kind of working on vertical integration there? 100%. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Vertical,
2: vertical integration is kind of the, the main goal. Kind of what I want to be able to build with, as I said, building like the largest company is I want to have a company that from start to finish makes the products. From, mm. in every detail kind of just bring manufacturing back to canada i like that that's yeah. super important yeah. absolutely it's mostly because i see in in 10 20 years this bubble of uh importing from china or other places is going to burst yeah. and our manufacturing costs are going to go way up again and mm-hmm. there's going to be another economic collapse yeah uh things like that so i'm kind of getting ready for that over a longer period mm-hmm. but besides that i want to get into doing like media uh just producing stuff like even like the, the podcast that i want to do is kind of the first version of that yeah um just cool seeing, idea like yeah I like what you. Are you doing with that um kind of it's kind of the first venture into <clears throat> that my kind of skill set uh as a person is is sales more so than anything yeah I'm, I'm better at that than anything else so getting my hands out of the production as well mm-hmm. um will be a big thing i'll still make them of course but like less about like producing 100 in like a month and more so like oh, i'm gonna make this pen for so-and-so for christmas you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. stuff like that yeah,
1: but, yeah. very cool yeah man. very cool well do you want to leave the audience with anything <sighs> um Where can who, they find who usually know? listens to this i guess is my
2: first
3: question
1: uh but, i mean we're all over the place yeah there's really no students. is it mostly people
2: on x or is it like uh i'd say majority, majority for i was sure. gonna say a majority is yeah. definitely from this area yeah. okay um I'll leave okay this is pretty good pretty good i guess if you go to x and you want to start a company and you're looking for advice just send me a dm on instagram or send me an email i'm yeah. more than open to talk about that but besides that um something interesting is i think they redid the floor in the olin center or something like that recently mm-hmm. yeah so i have parts of a floorboard from the olin center that i'm making pens out of now that's cool and they're going to be in the x uh, gift shop. I'm guessing before the end of February, maybe before the end of January. Cool. So maybe a grad gift. Yeah. yeah. Maybe a grad. And gift. and there are pens in there, uh, right now, and I think they're being engraved probably ne- next week, probably by the end of January for sure. Cool. Those ones will be uh, ready, and those ones are made of wood from Nova Scotia as well. Nice. And they'll be engraved with Saint of X. Yeah. Um, but I think a big piece of advice that I would leave as well
3: mm-hmm.
2: is if you want to start a company don't make the company about trying to make money. Yeah. Try and make it about something you're interested in. Mhm. And on top of that, if somebody tells you it's a good idea, probably it is, but if somebody tells you it's a good idea, don't just say well you don't know anything. Ask them why they think that. Yeah. And you'll learn more from that conversation than you'll learn from anything else. Because mm-hmm. when I first started my company, I only made one style of pen, like that slim pen that I mentioned. Yeah. I talked to one guy and he's like I don't think you're going to be very successful with this thing. I'm like, okay, why? Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, you're only making one kind of pen. And I never thought about it. Mm-hmm. So taking the time to not be offended by what other
1: people say is yeah. really good. That's a um, good advice in life, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, hey, yeah. Mark yeah. Isaac told me to never open a store. In exactly. <laughs> there yeah, you go. By. My, my
0: business professor. So yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, and St. Sa- of X is a, is a great school.
2: Um, I have, opinions on on education and, and other things like that i yeah, wish
1: you got into that a bit more um yeah, well pre- we I, part I, I, two, you know. i'm
2: true
0: part two uh, we can do that for sure yeah if you want let's to do a part two then okay yeah because yeah. like we, we we do as well we okay. have some oh yeah <laughs> i'm sure our, our beliefs might
1: be even stronger than your beliefs. i doubt <laughs> it man i'm pretty brutal oh um, this is gonna be well, interesting before, okay. yeah let's save this <laughs> for part two, that'd
0: be good because we could be here a whole other two hours yeah literally 100 so yeah um I guess from the niche i mean thank you again for, yeah, coming, on for to the coming on podcast today. No problem. Is, we'll uh, put all your
1: links and everything in the that'd description and everything that'd yep. be great
0: yeah. uh and
2: if, and if anybody's interested in and in getting anything from me over the next few months my website should be up by the end of january Perfect. So. absolutely and, and
1: limited so. limited time oland wood in yeah the, in the yeah. They have,
2: actually they have a ton of pieces of that so we'll see what happens I right. might be able to make like upwards of 50 which would be great that would be
0: awesome they're still scarce know. though they're, yeah, they're limited. pretty limited yeah. I don't know maybe, <laughs> maybe all your yet.
1: professors will buy them you'll never get one exactly so, yeah, yeah. well thanks again yeah thanks yeah, no again and no
0: this problem. is uh sign so it off yeah thanks yeah. for listening thanks for having me until see next ya.
1: time